It is the dream of the challenger to become champion. The crowning achievement in a lifetime of yearning. It is the dream of the champion to aspire to excellence. His legacy indelibly etched in the annals of time. Shawn Michaels, the confident challenger, a maverick who spits in the face of adversity. Bret Hart, a triumph of tenacity. The mighty ring general who stands in defiance of defeat. Tonight, for one illustrious hour in the Iron Man match, we will witness their passion, applaud their heroics, marvel at their gift to enthrall. Two craftsmen engaged in an extraordinary athletic event. Two men bound by the dream. After 60 grueling minutes, one man, exhausted, will have his arm raised high. The quest realized, the challenge overcome. One man, expended, will breathe loneliness. Unwilling to surrender, he will have been stripped of the dream. WrestleMania. It is WrestleMania Day. I am so excited. We are starting off a little differently here because it is I, the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And I am so thrilled because finally WrestleMania has come. Oh, the Super Bowl of the wrestling world is today. The seven hour epic marathon of madness that is WrestleMania. We didn't make the trip to New Orleans and we're taping. On the day of WrestleMania, so by the time this is released, everything will be known. All of our predictions we made last week will have come true. Pretty sure, though, it's already pretty—we're pretty spot on with our predictions. Well, we only disagreed on a couple of matches, and we'll have to see which version of The Undertaker shows up. Oh, we're getting Biker. I think so, too. I think we're we're definitely—even though on the program he has his hat on and his jacket. We're getting Biker. But whoever made the program uh, didn't— I guess watch last year when he left his hat and jacket in the in the ring. So, uh, yeah, I think we're definitely getting Biker Taker. As we head into WrestleMania 34, live from the Superdome, what do you have for us from the news desk this week? Okay, so we're going to start on the Saturn side, and then we'll work our way up, okay? Okay. All right. I got a message this morning. Um, a lot of people don't probably remember unless you actually – are from the the old old territory days tojo yamamoto uh the legendary wrestler who trained beautiful bobby eaton who was big actually here in in chattanooga and did a lot with uh nick Gulas. well his son tojo yamamoto jr suffered a massive heart attack and was rushed to the hospital at five fifty six this morning uh a good friend of mine who i have stayed in contact with over numerous years and so uh where it is WrestleMania day it could it could be a a sad day so um we wish you well buddy and we hope you get better and you fight through this 
So he wasn't he wasn't in the business. He was not. No. Okay. But he has done so much to help with uh, supporting the business, with keeping his the memory of his father alive, keeping the memory of the territories alive, and uh, doing panels and stuff. Yeah. Moving forward, though, another legend and uh, Hall of Famer Johnny Valiant was uh, in a crosswalk and struck by a truck earlier this week. And uh, he that's did, right, April fourth. He, he did not live, unfortunately. He, at seventy-one. Yeah, pretty terrible stuff. He was crossing the road at 5.30 in the morning in Ross Township, which is a suburb of Pittsburgh. So I believe it's Luscious Johnny, right? Luscious that? Johnny V. Johnny Valiant. He is the uh, the, the brother to the... Jimmy Valiant. He is the yes. brother to the boogie woogie man, Jimmy Valiant. One of the early entries into the WWE Hall of Fame. Yes, they were. They were in the class of 96. We're going back to 96 for this week's review, so... Uh, Johnny Valiant wrestled as a tag team, then spun out when uh, him and his brother sp- uh, split and did uh, singles runs together. Uh, Boogie Woogie Man Jimmy Valiant uh, found his success in the NWA where and down south where uh, Johnny Valiant stayed with uh, Vince McMahon Sr., and Mainly as a manager. As a manager, and he had a singles run, but didn't do it. As, didn't do as well, and became a manager, managing some of the uh, the likes of Macho Man Randy Savage at his very early years. I believe he managed Big John Studd at one point in time as well. He had a little bit of a stable, yeah, included Dino Bravo. Yeah, uh, his most famous moment WrestleMania three when he abandoned. He abandoned Brutus Beefcake. After the Dream Team defeated the Rougeau, what are they Rougeau called? brothers. Jacques and Raymond Rougeau, yeah. So yeah, luscious, uh, luscious Johnny V. We're uh, we're gonna miss you, brother. That was that's a big hit. That's a big loss. Oh yeah, Johnny was a jobber towards the end of his WWF career, so that that's kind of interesting that they would use him in that capacity. Yeah, went back to the AWA as it was uh, fading out, and led the Destruction Crew. Wayne Bloom and Mike Enos to the AWA World Tag Team titles in 1989. But then, yeah, pretty much retired after that. Johnny Valiant actually was an actor. He appeared on a lot of shows like The Sopranos and Law & Order. And he was also uh, sometimes doing stand-up comedy. A one-man show called An Evening with Johnny Valiant, which got critical praise from the Time Out New York magazine, The Village Voice, and Pacifica Radio. And lived in Queens, New York. So there you go, Johnny Valiant. Sad, another Hall of Famer. Yeah. The Boogie Woogie Man's brother. I was really not familiar with Johnny Valiant. I knew Jimmy Valiant. So yeah. I knew the name, but I didn't I didn't make the connection. Like I said, I this era of wrestling I didn't really watch because I was a baby. And then when I now that I've had now that I have a chance to go back, I'll go back and watch some of it. That's what this podcast is pretty much all about is I love watching the golden age of wrestling with Lou Thez and and Pat O'Connor and all that. And so, where you you, you kind of stick around with the '80s and on, on upward. Yeah, I kind of like going farther, even back in the day. Yeah, watching the uh, the hour long classics that we're going to see yet again in our review here in a few minutes. So. Yeah, no. Well, the WWF would have you believe that no one's ever wrestled for an hour, Patrick. This is first, the first of its kind. Yeah, absolutely. Harry Smith had a run-in 
with um, Jake the Snake Roberts yesterday at WrestleCon. Harry Smith apparently wanted an apology for some remarks that had been made, and Jake refused to do so. Um, at one point in time, Harry then wanted to fight him. Um, at WrestleCon. At WrestleCon. When uh, both guys were there thinking, oh, we're just going to sign some autographs, have a nice time, and here comes a hot cup of coffee. Yeah, out of nowhere, a hot cup of coffee from Harry Smith to the face of Jake the Snake Roberts. And, and then so. Jake had to leave and probably to go treat his burned face. And But I'm just... Think well, about the income that he lost by having to leave his table. Well, the authorities were called... Uh, Security stepped in immediately, but the authorities were called. Um, uh, however, Harry Smith had uh, gotten his his merch and his bags and had left before police arrived. So WrestleZone got the scoop on this. They went and talked to Harry Smith about his actions. Smith said he wanted to talk to Jake about some things he said on podcasts about Davy Boy Smith's father, the, the original Davy Boy Smith Sr., and uh, he wanted an apology. Jake said no. Then uh, Davy Boy said, well, would you like to step outside and fight then? And Roberts told him to fuck off. And then Harry threw coffee at Jake. And then Jake's daughter became aggressive and wanted to fight Harry. Then Harry says the father and daughter were both behaving inappropriately and they were both starting a scene. Then he said he had further issues with Roberts and he claims that the Hall of Famer had apparently offered him drugs during the 2012 WrestleCon. So, some bad blood between Harry and Jake Roberts. I, and a, and a, another WrestleCon that we miss the big thing. We stay home this year, and we miss a big scene. Like, one year Marty Jannetty, like, fell in a pool because he was so drunk. They found it one of those fountains that they have in hotels. He just fell uh, face first in there. Then we had that other wrestling convention where... Cornette. Santino and Cornette, like, Santino, like, smacked the shit out of him or something, and, and now here we go, another a hot coffee. There's so much shit going down at WrestleCon, but the one we went to was no, totally normal. Yeah, it was. Nothing it was. out of the ordinary. What's... Back to what you were saying about access last week. By the way, so while we're talking about WrestleCons for a second, <laughs> I saw people on Twitter that it happened exactly like you talked about. This girl... She's a huge Natty Hart fan, and yeah. she waited in line. Speaking of the Hart family, she waited in line for two hours yeah. to meet Natty Hart. Yeah. Natty's time was up. They pulled her. She was like three people away, and she didn't get an autograph yeah. from the one person she wanted. Yeah. I just think that sucks. That's how they do it. It does suck. It's bullshit. WrestleCon is so much better because those guys are there. There's, I mean, there is set times. But if they're at their table and there's a shit ton of more people still in line, they will stay until they make sure every fan there gets what they want. A picture or an autograph or both. Well, or and whatever. some people would say, well, yeah, yeah, but you have to pay for the autographs. But yeah, you also don't have to suffer through standing in line all day. It's sort of like paying for the fast pass at the at amusement park. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, sure, it costs extra money, but my day is way better than yours because you're waiting in line all day to get nothing. Think about when we were there last year. Hell, I stood there and talked with 
with uh, oh, you had a chat with everybody. You were paying. You were going to get your money's worth out. Well, of no, it wasn't that. These I talked with Al Snow and and learned quite a bit of. Uh, for me, you know, still learning. You shouldn't have business. moved that couch for the nasty boys, though. That was man, bullshit, man. You know, hey, listen. When you're born nasty, you're born nasty. That's yeah. all I got to say. Nah, they needed help, and so, so yeah, uh, I helped out a fellow brother. Uh, access sucks. You're paying extra money at access for them to screw you that's that's really i'm sorry i'm not trying to knock wwe yeah. 55 I'm just, bucks to stand in line to stand in probably two lines because yeah it's a session i mean wrestlecon runs in sessions as well but like an access session is like once it's up like they clear the they clear the building yeah it's like three hours or something yeah so you're gonna get to get two autographs yeah unless you just find like when we were in New Orleans last time, like Bob Backlund was just standing around. We were. <laughs> that was, I love Bob. Bob's great. So and he was just like, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> yeah. So, or like uh, Jimmy Hart was standing. They were promoting Legends House, and like Jimmy Hart was standing off to the yeah. side, and like, but Hacksaw, out, I think, was there too. Yeah. yeah. Outside of those run-ins, yeah, you're never gonna get. You're not gonna get anything out of this. No. So, so you're better off to go to to WrestleCon. Think of the the WrestleCon last year. I mean, you had the likes of Tori Wilson, Candice Michelle, Kelly Kelly, Victoria, the Hardy Molina, Boys, the Hardy Boys, you Jeff know, Jarrett, Hall Je- of Famer, yeah, Jeff. You had uh, Luger. You had the Rujo brothers. You had uh, Jimmy Hart, Honky Tonk Man. You had. Um, I mean, it's so many. Dan Severn, Dan's, Gilberg. Yeah. The, <laughs> The same amount of people that literally they just don't have a WWE contract or a Legends contract, or some of them do. Yeah, like Lawler and King were there. Yeah, I mean King and uh, Jr. were there. Yeah, so I mean, you know, there's there's so much that you could still, you know. By the way, it's such a waste uh, this year at WrestleMania. The one match that Jr. and King get to call is the fucking Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Are you kidding me? That's what they're gonna waste them on. Unless they bring out, because I mean, the last few Undertaker matches, it seems like they bring out Jr. Like, not every. I like, think we need Jr. to call Ronda Rousey. You need to you need to solidify that that moment with a Jr. call. Well, as of this recording, we'll find out next week on the podcast. We'll talk about what actually. Maybe they do end up calling more, but as of this recording, all I've heard is that they get to call the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, which That's is bullshit. very easy to call. Oh, someone got thrown over the ropes. Oh, someone's out. He's eliminated. Okay, moving on. Now, to the happier side, Alberto Del Dorito. Oh, uh, <laughs> Alberto El Dorito, as yeah, you call it. El Dorito. Uh, Alberto Del Rio, <laughs> Alberto El Patron. <laughs> was released from Impact earlier today was going to <laughs> work an event for them in new orleans yes. was working a lot of uh shows not just impact but most of con yeah things like that and he no showed several of them and uh that was the end of that for impact wrestling i don't know i've never really understood his appeal to people i think I, he's a terrible wrestler and I'll tell I that think he's to, a boring. I'll tell, I'll tell him that to his face. I just think he's a boring wrestler. I don't think he's terrible. I think he's terrible. I've just never really. I just don't get the fascination with this guy I, and how he keeps getting work. And the rumor was a few weeks ago we didn't talk about it, but Vince wants him back again. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, what is going on here when you can have... Can't have him and Paige in the same damn company. Listen. Oh, that would be... Well, now she can't wrestle, so, I mean, why not? Just have him... He let Shawn Michaels sit around on the roster for years not doing anything, just sitting in the back doing drugs, so why not have those two? (laughs) I mean, and that's just ridiculous. Oh, I agree. And I've said it... I I've said it on this podcast before. Like they're they're so concerned. They want to build this Latino superstar. They want to reach that market. Ever since Mysterio left, they've always they they want this so badly. But they have people on the roster like Kalisto could be a huge star if he was pushed properly. They have the people on Two Hundred Five Live like Lince Dorado and uh, Grand Madalik. They have guys that can sell merch, sell those masks. They don't even have merch on the website and you but then you're like oh we gotta get some bring back Alberto please I just don't understand there's other wrestlers you can there's better wrestlers Cian Almas the NXT champion well he was defeated last night uh, at NXT TakeOver but he's a way better version of Alberto Del Rio he could be a huge star and probably will be I think he'll be called up pretty soon to the main roster so I I think it's time to just move on from this guy this guy's a nutcase. Yeah, he's... Uh, in my opinion. He's a hothead. Like I said, he's made it awfully far for a guy that I've just never been impressed with. He wrestles a very boring style. And... He's not entertaining. I just hope Billy Corgan, if you're listening, don't don't hire don't, this guy. Billy, I please, for the love of God, do not hire this man. He, I know the event that he knows showed. It was the big Lucha Underground versus Impact event. So they had this co-branded event that they were running, and he knows showed it. Well, hell, he works for both of them. What the hell is he supposed to do? Well, he just didn't show up for work. He's one of these guys that just thinks he's above it all. Or maybe he did it on purpose to come back to the WWE. Maybe he's going to be Braun Strowman's partner tonight. (laughs) You know, just to fuck with us, they'll do that shit? Yeah. (laughs) I'm telling you. Seriously. Just to fuck with us. I know I can't speak it because it'll come true. Just like my Goldust WrestleMania run that magically appeared on tv like for you know i've been preaching it for a year and they teased us yeah then they fuck you he's in the battle royal tonight so good luck to gold dust hey you know that'd be awesome yeah and no one would expect you know everyone thinks oh this is supposed to give you a push you know it's always such an honor to win this thing nobody would expect anything if gold dust wins it it'd just be a cool thing to have on the resume no one would be like oh Gold Dust will be main eventing soon. He'll be winning the money in the bank. No, they'll just be like, oh, well, he won that. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's a gold trophy. It's The perfect. gold man won the gold trophy. Yes. You know. I think it's weird that he's grown his hair out again yeah. with the gold dust with the gray. I'm not, I'm not too crazy about that, Dustin, but. I didn't watch NXT. You didn't watch NXT, right? No, I did not. It's getting rave reviews, though. I will probably go back and watch it. It's just like the last TakeOver event. I like to wait until the next day, even though they've always delivered based on what I've seen. So I don't really know why I skipped it, but I had to be at work early the next day. That's part of the reason why I skipped it. Uh, But the Gargano and uh, Tommaso Ciampa main event was tremendous from what I'm reading. Uh, you had two title changes, and you had the new title. Adam Cole, re- Adam Cole won the new uh, mid card title, and then he won the tag team title like two matches later. So this guy, Adam Cole, bye bye. Yeah, and you had Alistair Black defeat Cian Almas, so he's the new NXT champion. And you had Shayna Baszler or Shayna Baszler. I'm not sure how to say her name. She knocked out Ember Moon. Win, win by knockout. 
a rare win by knockout title change. Really? So, yeah. Well, they're promoting her as, you know, an MMA fighter. She trained gotcha. with Ronda, so she's going to be the knockout artist now. Just like, I guess, she's taking Big Show's old gimmick, who's also in the Battle Royal tonight. So, And inducted Mark Henry in the Hall of Fame last night. I'm glad so. you said that, because that's my next stop. The Hall of Fame. What did you think? It's a rough show to watch in general. Like, <laughs> see, It's long, man. Oh, it it's is long. really really long it was long damn dude the dudleys were, were killing me that that was rough to watch i actually didn't listen to the audio what i did was i had my laptop up and I, all i wanted to watch was Jarrett. that was the only speech i wanted to watch so i had my laptop on in the corner and i was just watching something else on tv and so i saw the dudleys and it took them almost an entire hour yeah and it looked like at points that they were wrapping up but no 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 they you know Bring up Edge and Christian. Here, come on up, boys. Come on up, Hardy boys. Let's pose, you know? It's like, let's get the show on the road, guys. Like, yeah, for a three-hour show, that went like four hours. Oh, at four, least. Four, four and a half. If I, I, I liked, I truly enjoyed um, Hillbilly Gems. I enjoyed Mark Henry's. Yeah, Mark Henry's got a lot of... Uh, praise from i enjoyed jeff jarrett's i was disappointed with jeff jarrett's really just sort of like kurt angles maybe because i had built it up in my head you thought it was going to be bigger than what it actually yes and he damned i'm so glad that he did not sing during his run though because he cannot carry a tune uh yeah yeah the with my baby tonight cover with Oh man, Road Dog and Road Dog was tearing it up too, man. That was yeah, that was, that was, brutal. That was brutal. a bad karaoke. That was as if the night couldn't get any worse. Hey, let's sing some karaoke, guys. That was brutal to listen. And I didn't expect him to get into his personal struggles or anything, but I I did want to hear some more stuff about starting TNA. He didn't even have to mention it by name, you know, like or how hard it was to be separated from this company. And I'm sure they're probably saving all this for like a 24 special. I felt like I felt like his speech was pretty basic and pretty yeah. simple. Like it was, uh, he wanted to put over Shawn Michaels and he wanted to talk about Owen, and that was it. And that was, and that's fine. I mean, but it was a lot better. I'll say it's better than Kurt Angle's comedy. I want to say something right here. I was happy that both Jarrett and Mark Henry talked about Owen Hart. The topic that we can't discuss. Well, they're free to talk about it. It's a company that. What can. I'm saying. That's what I'm getting at, though. The, oh my goodness, don't bring it up. We can't let one sad moment define this man's career. And I feel like for the past 15 years, that's what it's been. Yeah, I just thought Jarrett kind of kept it a little too basic for me. And I, he, I liked it better than Kurt Angle's speech last year because I don't want someone to go up there and do stand-up comedy. Yeah. And do sing-alongs and joy to the world and everything was fine and I'm going to drink some milk now. You know, like I, I want more to it than yeah. that. And... I felt like Jarrett's, I mean, he's got so much to talk about, though. I guess it's hard to narrow it down. Um, now, get, he's one that could have gone an hour and we'd yes. been okay with. But I want. I expected him to start the show. I expected the show to be stacked like what we saw in Orlando, where I felt like we started out with a really good speech from DDP, and then you ended with the headliner. And I thought they were going to start with Jarrett because he's the most intriguing entry yeah. out of this group or whatever. Yeah. But no, they didn't do that. They kept him until I almost liked, the end. I liked Ivory's. Didn't listen to Ivory's. Uh, I liked I liked all of them. I liked really. Ivory's I liked and Goldberg. Gems because they were short. 
I liked so. I liked Bills. 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 I read some of. I mean, I read the review of it. I didn't listen to it. Like I said, I tuned out after Jarrett. Goldberg is an interesting case to me because he's not one of the boys in the back. You know, right. he, he didn't get into this business for the love of wrestling. He really didn't get into form a fraternity with his other wrestlers. Like he seemed right. like a very. I'm not going to say lonely, he w- but he was a loner. He wasn't right. a guy that... He he could do business and became one of the boys, but he didn't get into it to be one of the boys. It seemed like he showed up to work, he did his job, and then when he went home, he was checked out of wrestling. Yeah. And when he was retired, he was checked out of wrestling. This was a guy that wanted to make a lot of money, which wrestlers do, but some wrestlers have more than, than that that fuels them in yeah. the ring. He's sort of like... Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash to me is someone that doesn't really give a fuck about pro wrestling. Just wants to make a lot of money. And Goldberg is sort of the same way, except I think he's a lot nicer. Seems a lot nicer than Kevin Nash. But uh, so I found his speech, what I read about it, to be kind of kind of boring because he doesn't have stories with the boys, stories on the road. He talked about how he hated his run in WWE, how frustrated he was creatively and, you know, put over his last run and but that was that was all stuff we saw, you know. It, it I like how he knocked Roman for stealing the spear. Oh yeah, cause, well, I mean everybody uses that move. I mean, he's he's got a point. I mean, but Shawn Michaels, I mean, short hair Shawn Michaels by the way. It's a sad day that Shawn Michaels no longer has long hair. That's just a tragedy. And he, it makes him look ancient, by the way. Really? Like, I think it makes him look way older. Really? Yes. Okay. He, he's got a and, and more bald because you know it oh, recedes yeah. more now. Yeah. So yeah, I loved I loved him mentioning yeah the spear, everyone doing the spear. But you know what, what's what's funny about that is I think everyone does it better than Goldberg. Goldberg had a few like highlight spears, like that one he hit on Nunzio at the Royal Rumble that year. Yeah. But like outside of that. I don't really think his spear looks all that great. Like, See, I thought it it's did. It's more of a tackle. That's what I'm saying. It looked more like a legitimate football tackle. Well, he slash. was a football I mean, player, it, it, so yeah, he's a, trained. That's a spear to me. That's what it looks like. Now people just shoot them. They dart themselves into your midsection See, shoulder first. Too damn, that, that just looks too, too, looks too artificial to me. Kind of see your point there, but I... I think the vast majority of wrestling fans would disagree. I don't know why. I don't really care because it's well. I know that, but it's a throwaway it's, move, right? But I mean, it's a throwaway move now. Well, I mean, it's one of Roman Reigns' five moves of doom. But I'm for the love of God, John Cena. We're so happy you didn't pick it up for your <laughs> five moves. Oh well, but he did try that springboard stunner for a while. See, I thought didn't that quite was, get all of it. I thought that was badass. I. Look, I applaud him for trying something. He failed every time he did it, but I applaud him for trying something. I was all for him doing it because I thought it was a badass move. It Well, the idea of it is badass, but he never could fucking hit it. <laughs> and that's one of the most important things about a move is can I perform it? Yes or no? I understand you can botch from time to time, but he botched it every single time. And then finally when Austin called him out on it, then it was out of out of his repertoire. Yeah, no more no more springboard stunners for, for John. Cena. Uh, but getting back to Owen, I feel sort of conflicted though because like I like I said before we've talked about Owen many times on this podcast. Like, if I was Owen's son or Owen's wife, Martha this is a company that I blame for the death of my loved one. 
you know. I get that. And so even though as wrestling fans, yes, we want Owen Hart to be honored and we want Owen Hart posters and we want Owen Hart by like, you know, merch and we want we want the company to celebrate this great wrestler, but at the same time, I can't ignore the feelings of this family that feels like he was basically murdered by this company. And and that's I mean, if I worked if I died at my workplace and it was pretty much their fault, or my my family thought, thought it was their fault, and then the company wanted to honor me, but my family said, no, fuck you guys, you can't honor him because we think you killed him. I can certainly relate. I understand why they are they wouldn't do it. The wrestler Owen Hart does belong to wrestling fans, but the man Owen Hart does not. And if Owen's children, or one day if Martha decides to go ahead with it, I think that's fine, but I kind of think it's. I, th- I kind of thought it was unfair for Mark Henry to call her out on that. I mean, it's. I, a, don't. I think it's unfair because she she's not there to respond, and I I just think that she's. A, she, there are so many outlets now with social media. She can very easily respond. Well, I just think it's wrong to put someone in that position. Basically, when you call them out like that, it's not fair. I don't think so. I think it is because. All he did was offer that. No, I didn't mean we he don't, didn't. We don't let hit. We don't let the memory of Owen Hart die because of one sad moment, one well, yeah. tragic moment. I don't think he said anything bad. I just think it's kind of. I I think it's kind of wrong to put someone on the spot like that. Right. Well. So anyway, for, not for me. I put people on the spot all the time, so I can't. Remember. Well, yeah, but I can I'm certainly an, I'm an see. I'm an asshole like that though. I certainly see Martha and that. And Owen's immediate family not wanting any part of this. I mean, yeah, maybe they'll include him in this fucking legacy wing, which I think is just bullshit, you know. I'm glad you brought that up. Sneaking in Lord Alfred Hayes, like this guy that contributed years and years to your company, and you just sneak him in this little video package and say, oh, you're a Hall of Famer now, or, you know, I mean, he's passed away. Everyone in the legacy wing is conveniently passed away so that they, what the fuck, guys? I mean, what is this? Like, why not, why not just produce a program and put it on the network? And that way these guys can actually, you can get some explanation as to who they were, what they who did. Who all was in the Legacy Wing? Let's. It was uh, Stan Stasiak, Boris Malenko. Hang on. Lord Alfred Hayes. But I think it's kind of insulting when, in the case of, like, Boris Malenko, Dean is on your payroll. He is backstage and could easily say a few words about his father. But no. Fuck that. Run a two-minute thing and just say, oh, you guys are in. And I understand, yes, this Hall of Fame ceremony already runs so long. And so you have to condense it where you can. But I say, yeah, produce a 30-minute thing on the on the network that airs instead of that fucking red carpet. I don't give a fuck about that red carpet show. That thing sucks. The pre right. there's not it doesn't need a pre-show. So just air the legacy wing program before that. Cora Combs, I agree with. I think she should have gotten more time. Alfred Hayes absolutely should have gotten more time. Ralphus R. Jones should have gotten a lot more time. Spudnik Monroe should have gotten way, way more time. The one uh, Stan the Man Stasiak should have as well. Boris Malenko, absolutely, I agree with. Hero Mansuda. Hero Mansuda should not have even been been a part of the Legacy Wing. Hero Mansuda needs to have been a part of the regular show. 
the fact that you throw him in and just like and that's the one that really pissed me off as a throwaway hero mansuda should have been part of the regular hall of fame class don't throw him on the side that's horseshit Hiro Matsuda has done so much for Japan and for pro wrestling as a whole. The trained that, a lot of wrestlers. That is so much horse shit that I uh, like that. That really fired me up watching it when I found out El Santo should have gotten more time as well than just uh, a mention in this two or three minute video package. It just runs quickly, runs through, and just says one or two lines about each person and moves on. It's like a participation Here, here's, trophy. Here's here. I'm glad you brought this up because it's like when they put Luthez in in there okay Luthez put they put him in was it new orleans it was at one we went to yeah i remember watching it there thinking like that seems weird that they uh, and i have bit my tongue for years about this Luthez is a huge part of the golden age of wrestling he's a huge part of wrestling in general he is he was hogan before hogan okay yeah him and gorgeous george are the two faces of the golden age of wrestling and you put both of them in a legacy video, and it's like, oh, here you go, you're part of. <laughs> no. Well, I knew that Luthes did not like WWF's brand of wrestling, right. so I understand why they probably couldn't find anybody to speak for him because they probably would have said, uh, well, if Lou was here, he'd tell you all to fuck off. Uh, so, yeah, I just I hate the the way the, the legacy thing is done. Uh, the rest of the Hall of Fame, yeah, Kid Rock. And, uh, I enjoy Kid, man. Kid, I was I'm well, glad he kept you brought it that short. Up. It he fine. kept it short, but yet it was good, and it was. I, I enjoyed Kid Rock's. Well, it'll be the only Hall of Fame he gets into because he definitely won't be going into the Kid Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, have you seen the set design for WrestleMania? God, it's it hideous. is ugly, man. Hideous. A jester hat. It is this fucking mask with feathers and yeah, it's Mardi Gras. Yeah, but it's not. It looks like a hot mess. It's bad. That it just looks like a mess to me. It's bad. And why in the hell? Here's what's really bad: is they grabbed all of these women wrestlers, dragged them across the street after having a long ass night at the Hall of Fame. They dragged them across the street, throw them into the WrestleMania ring in a completely dark Superdome. Just to do a video montage of, or like a video of, here's the... Oh, they did a set unveil. They yeah, that's like what I'm saying. Yeah, the okay. unveil the set, yeah. And with, with... Uh, after sitting at the Hall of Fame After fire, sitting at the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Hopefully some of them snuck out early and they taped it while this thing was going on. I hope that's what happened. Because it was Charlotte, it was... Uh, <laughs> that would suck so bad. You pull that shit up. It's Charlotte, it's... Uh, Becky Lynch, it's uh, Sasha Banks, Asuka, and I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking, what the fuck? Like, they just had this long, long... Now I know why they moved Hall of Fame, though, to Friday instead of Saturday. Okay, I'll, I'll bring up the audio. Last WrestleMania in New Orleans was the first WrestleMania on the WWE Network. And this year, WrestleMania is free for new subscribers, and you are invited. From Bourbon Street to right here in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, WWE is going to make New Orleans and WrestleMania glow. And it's a glow worthy of a goddess, and let's give you the very first glimpse. So, WWE Universe, only one question remains. Who's ready for WrestleMania? Okay, so that was the WrestleMania set debut, and I hope you like Mardi Gras, because that... Whoo! Ooh, boy. It's just a little much for me. 
the sets. I don't like the sets. I understand incorporating aspects of New Orleans, but like the whole Mardi Gras mask. Why you gotta hit me over the head with it? Like, like that's all it fucking is. It's giant though. It's giant. And I, like I said, I hope it lifts up and they come out because it looks stupid them just walking out from the side of it. Oh, you mean like the nose or something lifts up and they come out or? Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of confused. What what also kind of sucks about this? We're we're pretty certain, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that the fireworks outside during the the stage unveil were videotape clippings of thirty WrestleMania thirty. Yeah, because why would they piped in there? Also, why would you shoot off fireworks in a dome stadium where the people inside can't even fucking see them? Well, that's for those. Yeah, so they can have. It's for them. It's not for us. Like, what's for? Yeah, to make it look so grand and glorious. And here's the part about the set that really sucks to me is that there's no fucking Titantron. The parts that fucking mask blocks so much of the screen. I guess they're gonna split this. This will be one side of the monitor, and this will be the other. So both, so you will have a. Yeah, and then the WrestleMania is going to be the the WrestleMania words are going to be the middle. Yeah, so I guess you will have a part of a Titantron, but if you're if you're sitting straight across but, but from, you're telling me though, just you're wanting them to lift that mask up so that people can walk yeah, out I don't, underneath it. I don't think it. that'll be happening. It's not going to happen, dude. Not my favorite. I, I just got a feeling though. I think the, it kind of looks like a brother Nero mask. Just you know. Or, or you mean um, um, Willow? Willow. It looks like Willow. Just saying. Just maybe that's Braun Strowman's throwing mystery that partner. out there. That's all I'm saying. Uh, all right. Samoa Joe is cleared. I, I said that while we were talking about that. I don't know. Um, the, but that is the rumor. Is I heard he was cleared. I'm thinking Bobby Lashley. That's who I'm going with as Braun's mystery partner. See, I really, I really, I want, I want my boy to come on now. It would be awesome. I want my. I want. He's in New Orleans. There's still time. WWE. Get I him on want the my boy to 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 walk out there. My boy James Ellsworth, and do not and not do a damn thing. Just fucking stand there. And That's let, who it should be, no matter what. Is, no, exactly. Is someone like that. I mean, yes. Or Gilberg. Goldberg just went in the Hall of Fame. Gilberg comes out. Dwayne Gill. Stands there, doesn't do a damn thing. Goldberg gets pissed, comes out, spears him in half. There you go. Oh, I forgot, man. In the seven hours, they've got to have the Hall of Famers walk out. I'm forgetting all of the pomp and circumstance. Well, we head back. This was your pick this week. You wanted to take us back to the Dark Ages. Well, wait a minute now. Your pick the week before took us to WrestleMania 2000. So we stayed at Arrowhead Pond. So I I was like, well, we're at Arrowhead Pond. Instead of traveling cross country, let's just stay there. Yeah, we're already here. We're here. Let's stay there. So let's go back in time. Four years earlier, very similar to what they did at this year's WrestleMania, where it was in the same town four years earlier. Just like WrestleMania 2000. See, the same place it was four years before that. Makes sense. We're going to go and look at WrestleMania 12. That's right. Sponsored by Tyco RC Maximum Heat. Get your RC car on, ladies and gentlemen. Those batteries would last all of ten minutes before Dude, you would, and then they take three hours to charge. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. It's March thirty first, nineteen ninety six. In front of an alleged eighteen thousand eight hundred and fifty three people, were staying at the Arrowhead Pond of Anaheim. The poster featured Razor Ramon, 
who had turned in his notice, so Vince said, fuck you, you won't be working WrestleMania 12. Despite letting Diesel work WrestleMania 12, who had also turned in his notice that he was Well, he was, but you gotta look at who he's working to. Well, and he's also a former champion. He was in main eventing the year before. How far he had fallen, I mean, is, I mean... He was still in a big match because he was with Taker, but it's pretty funny that the guy main eventing and winning last year's WrestleMania is now in the middle of the card with Taker. I mean, well, you said middle of the card. There's what five matches? Yeah, there's only like wait one, on the main card. There's two, only six three, matches, four, five, and a Hollywood backlot brawl. Right. Well, yes, which is <laughs> two, I didn't know it was an evening one. gown match. Apparently. <laughs> We missed the free-for-all, not included on the WWE Network, so we missed the tag team match for the vacant tag team championship. But you know what is included on the WWF Network? What's that? WWE Network? What? WCW Saturday Night. Oh, yeah, they just added, well, the 92 and 93 years. They haven't quite got it all. We might. We're starting. We're waiting for Shotgun Saturday Night and Sunday Night Heat. That's all I'm waiting for. Before SmackDown was introduced, Heat was actually the B-show. So yeah. there was actually, it was canon. There was storyline. So I think that stuff's important. Too. Well, and I think if we're going to rewatch, it'd be cool if we're, a pay-per-view we're going to cover, we could watch the pre-show on Heat. Yeah, we could get yeah. everything. Yeah. So anyway, we missed the free-for-all where the Body Donnas, Skip and Zip with Sonny, defeated the Godwins. Henry O. Godwin and Phineas I. Godwin, Hog and Pig, with Hillbilly Jim, Hall of Famer Hillbilly Jim. They defeated them for the tag team titles in 522 as the tag titles were vacated by the Smoking Guns. The tag titles were on the pre-show? Yeah, well, tag team wrestling in the in new gen era was not exactly hot. That's true. And we also missed the infamous Huckster Nacho Man match. Which See, was, I want to find that match. It's on, you can find a cut of it on online. It's on YouTube and Daily Motion. I was actually going to pull it up and like watch it because it's only like three or four minutes. But the audio quality of whoever's VHS tape this was is shit. Like it's like, really? wa- it's like washy and like yeah. it's just not worth sitting through. But yeah, we missed that where, of course, it'd be funny. They, they sit there and they, they make, f- oh, look at how old Hulk Hogan is. Look at how old. Macho Man is, and Scheme Gene, and Billionaire Ted. And then later on tonight, welcome back, Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> it's the young, fresh, hip Ultimate Warrior would be returning tonight, despite them making fun of Hulk and Macho Man. Well, we're going to start by talking about dreams. Dreams. The dreams of the challenger, the dreams of the champion. Yeah. They're very similar. Yeah. It's uh, to win, basically. They are. Because he... They're bound. They're bound by the, dream. by the dream. And one man, tonight, one man will have his dream come true. And the other will have his dreams shattered quite possibly forever. Yes. We'll never see them again. Never this see is, them again. This is it. It's devastating. Yeah. To lose this one match, it means this is everything. It's, Despite Shawn Michaels already losing at WrestleMania in the main event one year before, uh, his dreams apparently still intact, as would be Bret Hart's after tonight's main event. They're, they still had a dream. Not the American dream. No. Shawn Michaels' boyhood dream is, is what's really important tonight. Lawler and Vince tease the Undertaker match. They're on commentary tonight. No JR. Sorry, guys. They tease the Undertaker match. They talk about Ultimate Warrior, and they talk about the Hollywood backlot brawl. But to start things off is a hot six-man tag with Jim Cornette, Vader, 
And then the brother-in-laws of Owen Hart and British Bulldog, as they come out, that's Cornette's heel team. Yokozuna is a face. He is going to be teaming up with Ahmed Johnson and none other than hot coffee to the face, my good friend, Jake the Snake Roberts. Who is also, you know, had the whole washed-up storyline later that year. He did. Play out. King of the Ring 96, which we reviewed just a few weeks ago. He did. So, yeah. Hulk and Macho Man, they're old and busted. But Jake the Snake and Ultimate Warrior, they're still cool. Well, first of all, Jake the Snake is always going to be cool. Yeah. Yokozuna, of course. This whole feud started when Yokozuna fired Jim Cornette back in February. He was co-tag team champion with Owen, and he had to let Jim go because he wanted to do the right thing, be a good guy. Which, sadly, Yokozuna never had a real long face run because this crowd loved face Yokozuna. The faces clear out the heels. Ahmed hits an ugly planche at a Vader, which anytime Ahmed goes flying, I always cringe at the results that could come about this. The heels triple team Yokozuna. Zuna rock bottoms Vader. The Anawahi family, it runs strong in this one. He rock bottoms Vader and tags in Ahmed. Ahmed cleans house before Vader cuts him off. Ahmed tries the Pearl River plunge on British Bulldog, but Owen missile drop kicks him to break it up. Ahmed no-sells an Owen clothesline and then returns the favor. Jake gets the hot tag, calls for the DDT on Owen to the crowd's delight. But Owen, oh, he scouted this guy. He grabs the rope and prevents getting DDT'd. The heels then triple-team Jake. Vader splashes and clotheslines Jake. Owen hits a top turnbuckle shoulder to Jake for a two-count. Jake kicks out of Davy Boy's running power slam, so no selling that shit. Jake kicks out of a Vader splash. Jake cannot be put down. Zuna gets the hot tag, though, and tees off on Vader, the two biggest men. This would have been an awesome singles match, I think. Jake DDTs Owen to the crowd's delight. Owen's selling of this. Not my favorite, though, as he just kind of goes 360. He doesn't just go straight down. He tumbles over. But Cornette breaks up the cover by attempting to hit Jake with the tennis racket. That bastard still with it. When are they going to take away this man's tennis racket? He's only been interfering in matches with it for 30 years. Are they going to take his tennis racket away? No. Vader comes in and hits the Vader bomb to Jake. One, two, three. And the heels win, so we start the night off on a bad note, and this match had a stip that if the faces won, Zuna got Cornette by himself for five minutes. Yeah. So no payoff to this stip. The heels win to kick off your show, and the crowd was wild for Zuna, and he loses. Well, good. Well, hell, he fucking killed Cornette. (laughs) Oh, you were just worried about Jim Cornette's safety. Well, yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't you be? This is a very entertaining six-man tag. Oh, it was a great was match. Nothing, nothing at stake, but it was just fun. Yeah. Uh, all the wrestlers seem to know when to tag, you know, when, like, do a couple spots, tag, keep the match flowing. Keep it fresh, keep it moving. Yeah. yeah. There was always something going on. It was... There wasn't a stale moment yeah. in it, in my opinion. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of chin locks and hammer locks. That was still to come tonight. A promo package recaps Roddy Piper's rule as... Kamish, as he had to take over when Vader viciously assaulted Gorilla Monsoon. He did. Roddy Piper is the man in charge, and what's odd about this is it's been re-recorded over by Michael Cole, who was not with the company in 1996. This was originally read by Todd Pettengill, but due to copyright issues with some of the generic music that they that they had, they redubbed all this. They made Michael Cole read this before redub all this stuff. Really? Yeah, so Michael Cole reads over this on the network and DVD version. 
The VHS would have Todd, I guess, on it. But we go to Marlena. She's sitting in the back smoking. Just having a Sh- good night. Sh- champagne's on ice. Yeah, ready for the celebration. So she gives away the ending of her match. Piper is in the back lot. He is. He's where th- a back lot brawl would happen. He's there. And he's standing there with a baseball bat. And out of I nowhere. I wonder how long he had been there. Do you think he... All day. All he was, day. He was standing. waiting. He was waiting. All day. He had took he had took a fire hose and wet down the area. Yeah. He was he was pumped, man. This so, was this was straight out of like a movie scene for him. I mean this Yes, he was actor Roddy Piper. He was He was They Live Roddy Piper. He was They moment. Live Roddy. So he awaits gold dust with his baseball bat and up pulls a golden Cadillac, of course. A screeching stop is a gold Cadillac. And right. as it as it slowly straightens up, it's revving its engine. Uh oh. Burns rubber. <laughs> well, first Piper uses a and water then hose. Stops. Yes. Because Piper hits the car with the water hose. Yeah, the pressure of the water hose stopped the Cadillac. It did. It's pretty crazy. It did. Piper busts out all the windows of the Cadillac. He takes with that the bat. baseball bat and he hits the side mirror, the side window, cracks the windshield on this car. And then smashes gold dust with it. Yeah, right over the side of that, right over the side of the ear, he smacks him in the head with the baseball bat. Piper then goes to the catering table, which this is a waste of food, guys. I was wanting that catering stuff, so he smashes the catering table with gold dust, and then smashes gold dust with a trash can. This is just a beating. Yeah, he sprays down gold dust with a fire hose. Who amazingly, his makeup stays on despite being destroyed with this fire hose. And he dumps gold dust on the hood of his own car and drops an axe handle on him. Then decks gold dust with a big right hand. I mean, he this was a stiff right hand that gold dust drops to the concrete. Gold dust decides, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to murder Rowdy Roddy Piper. So he gets in his Cadillac, revs it up, and Piper doing all his own stunts here. That, he, there's a reason this man would need hip replacement. He got surgery. run down by the car. And he took it at full speed. He took it at gold full dust speed. Did not work this car shot no he he literally took a hit and run on live now video uh from gold dust it was crazy that was like the craziest thing and hops right back of up. this match yeah hops, of course yeah i'm fine takes off limping running gets into his white bronco oh of course yes turns on the flashers and burns rubber through the back lot. As they have, he has to go chase down gold dust. Yeah. He's not done no. with this beating. So we will see what comes of this. The ringmaster, Stone Cold Steve Austin, is next. He's the, the million-dollar champ. Million-dollar champ there. A title shared by Virgil and Ted DiBiase. Jake Snake Roberts. He also had the belt? Wow. So what an elite class. Very elite here. class. Doc Hendricks is with Savio Vega backstage. This match, oh, what a buildup. Set up on Superstars, where Austin simply turned on Vega in a tag match. That is the whole reason for this match. Vega and Austin brawl to start out the match. Double axe handle to Savio from Austin, keeping Savio grounded. Savio super kicks Austin for a two count. We go to Roddy Piper but on wait, a cell what, phone. What's that? What's that? We have Roddy Piper coming in. On a cellular telephone. On a cell phone. I came to Anaheim to make a man out of this fruitcake, and that's what I'm going to do. 
this. He wants to gay bash. He says this match isn't going to be over anytime soon, and then his phone disconnects. What? We've lost him. Yes. Oh, no. we we got to get him back. Can someone get him back? This might have been on the same call. He says he'll follow Goldust to Tijuana if he has to. And, yes, he's going to make a man of this fruitcake. Austin hits the Thez press to Vega with some punches, and they exchange reversal pinfall attempts, a, a decent exchange. Then we go to footage that looks eerily familiar. We go to live footage of Roddy Piper driving down the interstate with his flashers on and cop cars following him. It's amazing. This looks... I just can't put my finger on it exactly where this footage came from. See, you're hinting like it's something to do with orange juice, but I can't think of it, you know. So in a split box, we're totally going to ignore this Austin match. Yeah, we have have completely forgotten about Austin. Watch old news footage instead. Meanwhile, Savio hits a spinning heel kick to Austin, but gets knees to the sternum when he attempts a second rope splash. Austin tries a top rope stomp, like a, almost like a coup de gras, but gets a boot from Vega. Savio accidentally hits a spinning heel kick into the ref. Ouch. So the ref is down. Austin then says, hey, good opportunity here for me to cheat. Belt shots Vega twice with the million-dollar belt, which might decrease its value. Austin then locks in a headlock while the ref is still asleep. DiBiase wakes up ref Tim White by dumping soda on his face. Tim White is the most shit-on guy (laughs) next to Michael Cole in his early days. I cannot think of anyone else who gets shit on more than Tim White as Ted DiBiase dumps soda on his face, as if that would work, by the way. Uh, Maybe if he drank the soda. Vega is out, and White... Does the laziest raise his hand three times in the sleeper? So Austin's WrestleMania streak is off and running, one and zero at WrestleMania for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, but I was more concerned with the other. There's a huge chase going on. The in other California. chase going on in California, where Roddy Piper. But you know, I couldn't see Goldust in that in that picture. I only saw Piper's white Bronco. With its flashers and all these cop cars chasing And why are the cops chasing Piper, by the way? Yeah, it was Goldust Goldust that did the hit. Yeah, exactly. to be fair, Piper did come at him with a baseball bat earlier, so I guess you could say the cops should be going after both of them. But I imagine Goldust Cadillac has a big V8, a big block V8, and he's just so much faster. He's outrunning him, yeah. We didn't know this about Dustin Runnels, but he's apparently a great driver. He's yeah. like he's like a a wheel man. Yeah. Like he could have been a NASCAR, so he outraces the footage. The, yeah. the helicopter, a helicopter can't even keep can't up keep with up this. with him. Yeah. Uh as for this Austin match, uh yeah, it was a this was like a TV match. You this know what was I was a, doing while I was watching this? Drink a glass of orange juice. <laughs> so <laughs> Yes, this was a very terrible Austin match. Drinking some OJ. Of Austin's WrestleMania matches. This is still better than his match versus Scott Hall. At WrestleMania X8, but uh, outside of that, I'd say this is probably the worst Austin WrestleMania match. Well, this is his WrestleMania debut, and ladies and gentlemen, he give him a year, guys. Yeah, and uh, I promise you, next year will be a lot better. So now we relive the Undertaker Diesel feud. Last month, Undertaker dragged Diesel under the ring during an In Your House on Raw. He sent Diesel a casket with a dummy Diesel in it. So Diesel saw his own body in a casket playing mind games. So he's with Todd now. Diesel said, I don't sweat the little stuff. I don't sweat the big stuff either. And hey, Sean, I'll get you next. So he's already scheduled himself a title match 
no matter what happens tonight. He could get, I mean, he could be buried alive tonight by The Undertaker, but he's already scheduled a world title, well, never mind, a match with Shawn Michaels. He's already got it. That's what he wants next. Yeah. So fuck this match tonight. I don't even care about it. I'm no. focused on Sean. Okay, here I am back in the dressing room area, Diesel. We're going to go back to February in your house when you had this matchup with Bret Hart. We're going to look at some footage right now of where you were taken inside the ring. The hole was in the ring. You were dragged down underneath by The Undertaker. Mind games by The Undertaker. From there, we go to Monday Night Raw. You walked out. The lights were flickering, Diesel. You went to the ring to find The Undertaker. But when you got inside the ring, The Undertaker was gone. More mind games. And then, two weeks ago on Raw, you see yourself, Diesel, inside that coffin. More mind games, Diesel. The question I have for you right now, Diesel, what must be going through your mind and do these mind games by The Undertaker affect you in any way, shape, or form? Do I look like a man that's affected in any way? No, you don't. Exactly. You know, they don't call me Big Daddy cool for nothing. I don't sweat the little things. I don't sweat the big things either. Undertaker, you're a big obstacle. Tonight, Big Daddy takes cool of you. And then, Sean, good luck. I'll get you next. Okay, I guess that's what Big Daddy's got to say. Back to you, Jerry the King Lawler. And go ahead, McMahon. You can talk to if you want. Yeah, and my WCW contract. More OJ footage, orange juice footage of... Piper driving away in his white Bronco with blood on it. Then Triple H and Sable come out. This match is pretty easy to call. Then Warrior comes out. Wait, no, 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 no. Warrior was fat and like 400 pounds and bald. He wasn't going to be in shape at all. Yeah, Jerry Lawler. He wasn't. Jerry Lawler had gotten fed some bad info about the Ultimate Warrior. But all of a sudden, he grew, he lost like 200 pounds, got muscular and fit, and lost or uh, grew out all of his hair back in a matter of like an hour backstage from when I'd seen him last. Wow. So, I mean, it just, he, it's unreal. He comes off running to the ring. Does his old entrance. Place goes nuts. Yeah. Pyro everywhere. Here's what we've been waiting for. they probably wobble down the aisle. Ladies and Gets in the ring. Has his jacket still on, and Hunter's not going to wait around for that. Nope. Fuck that. So Hunter gets in a few shots before Warrior can take his big, long Warrior jacket off. Uh Uh-oh, we're going to the finish right now. Yeah. Hunter, pedigrees, Ultimate Warrior. This should be it. The Ultimate Warrior's a disgrace. One, two, three. Hunter's WrestleMania streak is off and running. Just kidding. Warrior stands the fuck right back up. No sells a pedigree. Then calmly takes his jacket off, as now it's time to go to work. Three clotheslines, one shoulder tackle, one press slam. A splash, and knees on... Knees on his fallen victim. Knees on the chest of Triple H. As he buries... One, two, three. And Hunter Hearst Helmsley loses to the returning legend... The Ultimate Warrior. And Hunter's WrestleMania debut would go down in flames as this man has not missed, as Hunter has only missed one WrestleMania since this episode. So, pretty impressive. Even though Undertaker will get all the glory for the streak, this man has worked a lot of fucking WrestleMania. Yeah, but th- look at how many he's lost, too. He has lost a lot. <laughs> okay. 
But to be fair, the ones that he needed to lose, he won. And then the ones that he needed to win, he lost. So that's how I figure, like, that's the best way to describe Hunter's WrestleMania record. It's like... It's reversed. Yeah, it's like... Reversal? You should probably lose to Jericho this year. No, fuck that. You should probably lose to Booker T this year. No, fuck that. But then, like, John Cena. Maybe you could beat John Cena. Stun the world. No, no. Lose to John Cena. Yeah. Maybe you could beat Randy Orton. No, can't do it. Gets three cracks at The Undertaker, by the way, at WrestleMania. What a greedy (laughs) bastard this guy is. No one else gets three cracks at The Undertaker. Sean only got two. Yeah, the greatest of all time in the ring only got two. But Hunter, no, I need three cracks at this guy. I'll get it this time. Listen, damn it. I can do it, I swear. Yeah, I've learned a lot. In the other two times I've been defeated. This one, the third time's a charm. Hell in a cell, I'm doing Hell it. Hell in a cell with my best friend as the referee. Can't fucking beat him. <laughs> That's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> That'd be like if I if I hired you to ref my match and I somehow still fucking lost. <laughs> Every advantage in the world. I've got you in a cell with my best friend as the ref. I can't beat you. Nope, can't do it. Oh, but Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, yeah, no problems. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> run right through you. First try. So much to say about Hunter. So much to say about this match. The legendary story is that Hunter went to Warrior and wanted to talk about the match, and Hunter in his mind had this whole five-minute, six-minute match planned out, and Warrior said, uh-uh, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> and, that, and that's what happened. So uh, pretty funny. That Hunter wanted to actually get a match out of him. Todd Pettengill is with Mark Morrow, as he calls him. Mark Morrow? Johnny B. Bad has arrived. Patrick rejoiced. He Tears of joy streamed down Patrick's uh, There was face. tears of something coming down my face, but it wasn't rejoice. Mark Morrow, he just says, hey, I'm happy to be here. Hunter bumps into him, though. He's very upset with the way the match went. Uh, apparently, Mark Marrow recognizes his wife, Sable, and then Hunter shoves Mark Marrow, and they brawl in the garage as we have a second backlot brawl underway. It's been a night of ultimate surprises here in the World Wrestling Federation, a wild night to say the least, but maybe even more wild. Ladies and gentlemen, man, Mark Morrow, ladies and gentlemen, he is in the World Wrestling Federation. I have arrived. I have arrived. It's been five long years. I've been waiting to come to the World Wrestling Federation. And today is the day that I have arrived. And what better day than on the Super Bowl of sports entertainment? Well, let me ask you something, wild man. The the quality that you're going to be facing, the ultimate warrior, the undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Brett the Hitman Hart, are you up to the challenge? Look into these eyes. Look into these eyes. The fire that burns in these eyes and the wildness that burns in my soul. I put an interview here. Punk, you punk. You're punk. This whole thing is your fault. You understand that? Oh. Come on. What is this? Oh, no. Helmsley, look. Helmsley. Helmsley. And Mark Merrill. Unbelievable. We've Mark Merrill, ladies and gentlemen, yes, here in the World Wrestling Federation. But then we just cut away. We don't care about what happens with these two. Fuck them. No. Diesel is out to take on Purple Gloved Undertaker, which would be a cool look for him to pull off tonight at WrestleMania 34, but I doubt we'll see the Purple Gloves. 
I like the purple gloves better than the gray. I'll, I know I you're too. Probably, the, purple, oh, okay. the purple gloves are my favorite. So, that's my favorite Undertaker. So, I'd love I'd loved to see that. You again. want to see him in his Phantom of the Opera mask, too. You I want do, the whole man. Thing. I love that mask. That mask was so badass. Like, I want a copy of this mask if I can find one somewhere. Diesel clotheslines Taker out of the ring. The camera cuts out for a second. We go to black. Uh-oh, we've lost WrestleMania, but it comes back as Undertaker tries a tombstone on Diesel, but Diesel gets out. Undertaker hits old school to Diesel, as I guess it was in middle school at this point. Taker grabs a chair and nearly DQs himself. Undertaker nearly fucked his own streak up right here as he grabs a chair. This guy, by the way, is the face in this match, right? Mm-hmm. And he is going to cheat to win. I guess he's the heel because he's been presenting Diesel with dead bodies and stuff. So I guess No, he's, he's the heel. I mean, he's the face. Heel. Taker? Yeah. Diesel going into it was the heel. Diesel turned on Sean okay. and turned it heel. It just seems weird. De- okay. Diesel attacked Sean with a steel chair in Madison Square Garden. Right. And turned heel. Okay. And ever since then, Diesel's been heel months leading up to Well, this. I guess they saw what Face Diesel did at WrestleMania 11 and said, fuck that. Yeah. We're, we're done with that. But Taker, yes, nearly ends the streak by... Swinging a chair, luckily for the WWE and for WrestleMania, he missed. Because he was in plain view of the referee, and he's swinging a miss. With a swing and a miss, he hits the post instead. I'd have let it go. Oh, man, you're... You've got it in for you. You see the long term vision. You see this man wrestling another twenty five years. I do. Yeah, as a I referee, do. you saw it. You had the foresight. So I'm gonna let it go this time. Diesel stalks Paul Bearer, who has to back up the ramp for a second. But then Diesel's like, "Ah, fuck that. I'm not going up there." So then they go back in the ring. A big boot from Diesel puts Undertaker down. A sidewalk slam from Diesel, and Diesel hits Snake Eyes from his Vinny Vegas days on Undertaker. Both men big boot each other at the same time, and the big men are down. Double count out. One, <laughs> two, three. And the streak's almost over with four, a double count out. Five, six, seven, and all of a sudden. They rise. They rise from the ashes. My favorite. Diesel walks in. A bear hug. Oh. The vicious bear hug to Undertaker. Taker somehow sort of suplexes Diesel shittily to get out of this. <laughs> then... Diesel hits a jackknife to Undertaker. That's it. It's over. But Diesel, like an idiot, just stands around. He's got it. He knew. I I could pin him, but nah, fuck that. He knew as soon as he hit the jackknife, Taker was done forever. He's he's not getting up, so I I can take my time. Exactly. This is my WrestleMania moment. So I'm just going to... I'm not. He remember he doesn't sweat the big stuff or the small stuff. And he doesn't. So he, he doesn't go- sweat winning a match either. Apparently, he doesn't care. He just doesn't care. No. That's so. What does he do? He well, go- if it worked once, it'll work again. He picks him up, hits a jackknife again, and again. Nah, I'm not gonna cover this guy. I got this. Walks around, trash talks. Then decides, all right, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pin him. <laughs> Gets down on his knees, and as he's getting ready to go on top of him, out of nowhere. Taker's hand. He grabs him, starts choking him. We get three punches, Taker's back down. He goes to pin him again. The zombie of the Undertaker shoots right back up. Three punches, Taker's down again. Whew, all right. He's not going to do it a third time. Right, he's done now. Goes to pin him one more time. 
the gloves up around the throat. The Undertaker stands up. Taker then hits his signature leaping, running clothesline, and then side suplexes Diesel. Tombstone, one, two, three, rest in peace, Diesel. And rest in peace to your... And seven-foot Kevin Nash just went down to six, eight. Yeah, the little man, the little man won this con- the David and Goliath match here. David once again pulling off the upset. This match, the, you know what? I always look. I like Undertaker a lot, and I don't like Kevin Nash that much. But both of these guys are really elevated when they're in there with a really good worker. Yeah. Now, Diesel is not motivated at all in this match. Well, Diesel doesn't give a shit. Diesel's never motivated. Kevin Nash is the the least motivated pro wrestler I think I've ever witnessed. He, has, he doesn't care. He doesn't sweat the small stuff. He doesn't sweat putting on a good show. He doesn't give a fuck. And so, in turn, that hurt this match. And also, the way Undertaker... Undertaker is still fighting in zombie-style Undertaker form. So he's not... I think some of Undertaker's best work was later on in his career. Yeah. And also, I, even then, it took, a really, it took a good opponent to get a great Undertaker match, I think. Really? Um, yeah, I don't think, you know... I don't think Undertaker and Heidenreich really burnt the house down at that pay-per-view we saw. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So I don't think that was Undertaker's fault. I know, I understand, (laughs) but I think both of these guys need a great a a great opponent, and together they just this did not this did not work. This was a very average, very average. Yeah, this is not one that you remember on the uh, the twenty-one to no. Yes, of all the Undertaker. Tombstones that, like, oh, man, that match was killer. I can't believe it. No, you don't even remember this. This was this is down there at the likes of, of Giant Gonzalez. We don't really. The fascination with Vince always putting big guys together never made a lot of sense to me. Just because you know what you're going to get, you know, unless, unless you have very athletic big guys. And, I mean, these two guys are athletic, but they're not moving around like the, like Braun Strowman is today. You know, you're not a super fast big guy, you know, like. Well, they weren't really allowed to be back then, too. I know. they. Ha- you got to move slow, damn it. Everyone has to be Andre. Everyone has to slowly walk around and do everything slowly and big, you know. It's for the smiles on faces, Patrick, smiles on now if that match is out of the way, we can go back to what's really important. Wait a minute here. As Todd Is that is that is is that back here at the Anaheim Pond? Todd is in security control, which is just a monitor, and he sees that the golden Cadillac is wheeling into somewhere. Yes. Is that here? Yes, it is here. He tears through the barricades, the 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 road sign barricades. Yeah, they wheel their cars into that back lot. He comes down the tunnel, opens the door, hops out. Out of nowhere, here comes Piper in his white Bronco with blood all over it and crashes right into the side of this gold Cadillac. Yeah, I hope yeah, I hope Gold Dust wasn't planning on getting out of the passenger side because he totally blocked in. You know what like, Access really needs to have? Instead of fucking Cena's cars, we need to have this. The cars of wrestling. Just yeah. any any car that was like destroyed in wrestling just, yeah these yeah, two cars we need to have that golden cadillac yeah that's pretty slick i mean they must have used a lot of cry a lot of spray paint you know to get it gold you that know? was pretty yeah it's funny well what's amazing is all those cops following all those guys apparently they lost them 
They lost the entire L.A. County Sheriff's Department. They did. On their way back to the arena. Well, that, that Bronco's got some power to it. So It's true. So now they decide, you know what? I guess we can go to the ring now. Goldust and Piper brawl to the ring. Goldust rips Piper's shirt off, right? Correct. Okay. And kisses him. Oh, yes, that's right. And he goes for a pile driver, but Piper's not having any of that. Nope. So Piper grabs Goldust by the dick. Yes. Then assaults his dick. Yes. With a knee to the dick. Yes. And then... Apparently, this is how you win a match. This is how you win a backlot brawl. I did not know it had the same rules as a bra and panties match. I didn't either. But apparently, for if Goldust is a part of it, it does. Now, technically, if the same rules were applied, Goldust already won the match because he ripped off Piper's shirt. Yeah, but he didn't take he, his pants off. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeez. Now, that would have been really weird if both of them had almost been naked that would have been very very weird he pulls gold dust tights down and reveals gold dust is wearing lingerie and then he slides gold dust slides out of the ring and marlena oh no cover up oh we've we got to have some cover on you and she's trying to cover his big white ass yes she escorts dustin out and the match is apparently over your winner of the very first Hollywood backlot brawl, the Hot Rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yes, the first evening gown match between male performers, Rowdy Roddy Piper is your winner. And what's what's funny about the Gold Dust lingerie stuff is that a lot of wrestlers do wear thongs. Like, we've seen it throughout the years. So that part is actually not that crazy because, like, Billy Gunn wore a thong. Like, wrestlers... Some wrestlers don't wear anything under their tights. Like, Shawn Michaels is just bare-assed under his tights or whatever. But then some wrestlers don't want to do that, and so they wear a thong. So seeing Goldust in the thong part isn't that crazy, because that's actually something wrestlers do. As far as the nighty part of it, the, the I don't know what's going on upstairs exactly. Um, this would not be the last time Goldust would rock lingerie for us, uh, as this would be this is the, the first, minimum. The first of many. This had Vince Russo all over it. This just <laughs> seemed like, yo, bro. I say we use OJ footage. I can't do a good news. Yo, bro, I just got this great idea, bro. You know, we got to use the OJ footage, and then we have the... Turns out Gold Dust is wearing lingerie. Bro, bro, you feel me, bro? I just imagine this was Vince's... Vince Russo crafted this. This was his segment. This was his Mona Lisa of WrestleMania 12. All the other matches, were his hands were off, pretty much, but... Vince McMahon was like, Vince, I'll give you this one match. Here you go. Blank piece of paper. Do whatever you want with it. Have a, have a, have a fucking blast. Because it's Piper, and he knew Piper would go with it. Yeah, well, originally, you know, they wanted OJ for that. Bit, they did want OJ Simpson. terrible. A they, terrible decision. Ladies and gentlemen, let, I'm glad you brought that up. So we're going to spend a minute on it. They wanted OJ Simpson to be a part of this WrestleMania. And he considered it, from what I hear. So And so then they wanted it. Was it for this match? I think so. Well, originally, so they wanted OJ. They couldn't get OJ. Then it was going to be Razor Ramon in Piper's spot. And then Piper was the last minute. Um, they couldn't get so. OJ because at this point in time, OJ was still dealing with the... Well, no, all that was settled. The, the the trial ended in '95, so he oh, was, it was yeah. So all this this footage, this chase footage, is from like '94 or '93. So it's already like three okay. or four See, years. See, I old. thought the trial was still going on at this point. No, though. I no, it was over. But he was 
he was still being sued by the Goldman family. So okay. even if he had done it, he couldn't have made any money off of it, technically. It was all supposed to, even though he's never paid them a dime, because apparently it, his NFL pension is protected from like lawsuits and stuff. So that's how OJ continues to have money. Like, because um, apparently the lawsuit can't touch that or something. And signing autographs and taking pictures, probably. Yeah. And, well, yeah. What a lovely picture that would be for you and your family to stand with OJ. Um, so they wanted OJ, then they said, okay, the next logical choice, Razor Ramon. Razor's leaving. Fuck you, Razor. You're off the card. So then they went with Piper. And uh, I think it turned out better with Piper anyway. Yes. Because I guarantee you, Razor Ramon would not be able to take that car shot the way that Piper did. I mean, this guy's a trained actor. I mean, he knew what he was doing. I mean, yeah. even though he would need hip surgery uh, shortly thereafter. I mean, he would be in WCW by the end of this year, so he was on his way out, too. It's just no one knew it. I mean, the backlot brawl is just... When I was a kid, I thought it was funny, and but I... I love it. I really well, do. Well, total, in total... It only takes about five minutes, yeah. you know, so it's not... It's, I love it, though. I think it, it's so, it was so entertaining to, at the at this point in time, take it somewhere outside of the ring, but even take it away from the fans. Just take it somewhere, two guys that really wanted at each other, meta. It's like, it's like you know what, I'm going to see you by the handlebars at 3 o'clock when the bell rings on the, at re, you know, I'm going to kick your ass. It was it was kind of that it was kind of that school you know that school fight mentality, but with adults. Like we're meeting here, we're gonna have a camera there. I'm gonna fuck you up, you know. They didn't overdo it with the plunder either. Like it was right. very simple. Like baseball bat, trash can, table. They didn't like fire hose. <laughs> a fire hose. Okay, they had a lot of plunder, but it wasn't it wasn't that boring because they got in the cars and drove off, and then. Uh, I could have done without all that. I mean, they totally killed, like, Austin's match because they're, like, not focused on it at all. Like, and uh, it, they didn't mention it at all during Undertaker's match, which is funny. It's like, oh, no, you know, you've got to focus don't, on don't, this. Don't fuck with Taker. No. Yeah, so uh, that shit I didn't like, I didn't care for. But the actual content is very funny. It's not a good image it's not a good message to send like gay bashing or whatever you know and okay like, well you gotta look at the time frame here too well i understand that but it still doesn't make it right it's not they would never they could never do this now and i mean you had jerry lawler calling gold dust a fag on raw one time and stuff it's just uh that shit's not cool but uh it was like the bronco chase happened a few years earlier but now since we're years removed it's like a snap it's just like a a brief snapshot of time. Like this it's match. one of those things. This is like nineties. Yeah. Encompassed in these five minutes of madness, basically. <laughs> it really is. It's like Jerry it's Vince Russo in one single segment. It's everything about him in one segment. Everything you need to know, you can learn in this segment. Good good or bad. So anyway. Vince and Lawler toss to the Brett and Sean package that is voiced over once again by Michael Cole instead of Todd Pettengill. Two athletes, two men, one hour. For Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, this is what it all comes down to. Throughout their World Wrestling Federation careers, both superstars have traveled down similar roads and have made it a point to simply be the best they can be. But now the question is, who is the best? Shawn Michaels, 
the 12-year-old boy from San Antonio, Texas, who had a dream of one day becoming the World Wrestling Federation champion. Trained by the legendary Jose Lotharia, the flamboyant and charismatic Shawn Michaels never stopped working to achieve his goal. Sweating his way through the ranks for over seven years, through the good and the bad, Shawn Michaels continued to follow that dream. The dream that would eventually lead him to Anaheim, California and WrestleMania 12. Bret Hart, the rugged technician, whose formal training came in a dungeon in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Under the guidance of his father, Stu, Bret learned how to methodically and technically wear an opponent down to the breaking point. For 11 years, Bret Hart has thrilled Federation fans, giving his all en route to becoming a three-time World Wrestling Federation champion. The excellence of execution, and most importantly, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. The best, the Iron Man, the champion. The first time ever, I, I can't really think of whole lot left to say. Everybody knows the story. Now it's just time for the final chapter. Well, you know, for me, it's just the whole thing's finally coming to a head, you know. It's do or die and, uh, you know, 60-minute Iron Man match, we're going to find out just how good Shawn Michaels is. I think everyone's going to see just how good I am. And I think uh, the way I look at it is uh, one man's sunset is another man's dawn. And tomorrow morning, I just want to wake up tomorrow morning with this now i forget which i forget if it was wrestling with shadows or the brett dvd or the rivals dvd where brett talks about how the his training montage was him in a swimming pool sitting next to a swimming pool not even doing laps oh, it, was, it was the wrestling with Sha no it was uh it was the brett dvd and rivalries yeah so of course now hbk's training montage it looks like rocky because yeah. he's even got He's even got the Mickey character with Jose Lothario, you know. Yeah. This guy's fight, you know, training for the fight of his life. Meanwhile, old man Bret Hart is just sitting by the pool. He's swimming in the pool, and he's running on the treadmill. <laughs> and you got Sean out there doing upside-down push-ups and, yeah. like, throwing, you know, hip tosses and everything. I mean, just, it was insane. It was fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, there was no doubt who was going to be winning tonight. Gorilla Monsoon is reinstated as commissioner. He is. As, I guess, Piper was being taken to jail for that huge car chase he just caused. Well, he's having to go get surgery for his knee that, or his hip that he just broke. That's right. Now, <laughs> a great WrestleMania moment is Jose Lothario walking out to Sexy Boy as this old man. Well, see, no, I, I love this because, see, Sean chickened out. Yeah, he did. He, he chickened out. He didn't show. All that training was bullshit. He didn't show. Jose walks out. Jose, you know, waves to the crowd. and Then all of a sudden points up to the heavens. What's he pointing to? He is pointing. No, it couldn't be. <laughs> it's the heartbreak hit, Shawn Michaels. What a ride. He's going to land in his click. As Vince had done this stunt himself earlier in the day. He did. It's on the WrestleMania DVD. He did. I would, I actually, I'm terrified of heights, but I would do this. Zip lining is pretty safe for the most part, so. I would do this. This is actually a pretty cool entrance. Well, this is one of those things that's in every WrestleMania highlight thing. Oh, well, yeah. Because yeah. I don't know how high up he was, but he was pretty far up there. I forget that 
I forget that he lands in the crowd, though. It seems kind of silly that he didn't land near the ring or, like, over the barrier that he lands in the crowd. But he's the people's champ, I guess. So. Well, you got the giant lighting thing over oh, the ring. Oh, right, so, right. So, I mean, yeah. he can't really get... That's as close as they could get him. Yeah. It is a cool entrance, though. It's it's a badass entrance. It's literally one of the best entrances, in my opinion. And it's simple, really. Yeah. I mean, it's just the guy ziplining. Yeah. But it's Shawn Michaels, of course, and so he's, you know... He's dancing and all that shit <laughs> as he's doing it. It's not just me ziplining, looking terrified as I'm falling but down. But how high up was he? He had to have been... He was at the top of the arena. I mean, I'm not sure how, how high the Arrowhead Pond is, but... A hundred feet in the air. What a ride! A <laughs> hundred feet. That's a hundred feet in the air! Is that who we think it is? It's Batman! There's only one! I think it's John Bacalana! Look at that! Fucking 100 feet in the air. But you know what? Brett was going to one-up this entrance. He was, because he's going to walk out (laughs) as the champion to the ring. To his music. To his music. And that's it. Like any other average Joe. Yeah. (laughs) So this guy that just sits around his pool and swims all day is now just walking out. (laughs) Oh, boy. He seems thrilled to be here. Now, right, now, on his way to his ring, of course, he he gives his glasses to his son, Blade, and then he gets in the ring, and another one of my favorite moments is any time Earl Hebner gets to speak, because his please, voice... P- please, does, please tell me you're going to play this whole thing. Of Earl explaining it? Yes. Please. <laughs> it's Clip it in there. I swear to God, please. Gentlemen, this match is for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. This is an Iron Man match. You'll be wrestling for 60 minutes. Wow. The man who wins the most decisions will be declared the winner and the World Wrestling Federation champion. Hitman's cool. A decision can be earned by a pinfall, a submission, a count out, or a disqualification. You must, must break on the count of four. I will disqualify you on the count of five. If you leave the ring or if you're thrown out, you have a 10 count to return or you'll be counted out. Do you gentlemen both understand the rules? Oh, the hitman, ever confident. Are there any questions? No questions from either individual. Good luck to both of you. Earl's voice just does not match what I think that he would sound like. And I know there's a lot of people like that. Like, I'm on the radio and people say, you're not exactly what I thought you would look like or whatever. But Earl Hebner is one of those people to me that, like, he speaks so rarely that I forget how southern he is. 
This is and an Iron Man match. <laughs> <laughs> I love your impersonation of it. Go over the rules, uh, referee Earl Hebner Patrick Young. This is an Iron Man match. <laughs> Iron Man match. For 60 minutes. You'll be wrestling. You'll be wrestling six- for 60 minutes. The winner of the most decisions after the 60 minutes leaves as champion. We have any questions? Brett locks in a chin lock, naturally, to start the match. And Sean tries to work his way out of it, but Brett is not going to let this chin lock go. Fuck that. Well, they so, color elbow tie up, first of all. Well, yeah. And but then he goes for a side headlock, and Sean shit cans him. Sean rolls with it and throws him down onto the uh, to break away, to break away, you know, to break it off. Like, okay. So he does it again, breaks away. The third time as he goes to do it is when. Brett, hey, fool me once, twice, but third time, it's me. Holds on into the chin lock, and then, oh, here we go. <laughs> if you love chin locks and hammer locks, you will love the first 30 minutes of this match. Well, it's a fucking Nile I know, like, I know. I, mean, I understand, but we'll talk about the logic behind it at the end of the match. Okay. This chin lock lasts for ages. The scoreboard on the screen, BH and SM. For you dummies, zero, zero. that's uh, for you yeah. dummies out there. That's that's Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. And the timer, so that's good. Shawn finally works out of this chin lock, and then he puts Hart in an arm bar. As the announcers talk about the huckster taking on the Nacho Man, is like I said, not included on the network. Freddie Blassie and Stu Hart are sitting together. They're watching this match, and they look bored out of their minds, but that's fine. Michaels counters a headlock into a hammerlock. Michaels throws Hart out of the ring and. Hart regroups. Oh, the champ underestimated the challenger. Hart starts wrestling a little heelishly when he gets back in the ring and headbutts Sean in the dick. He does. Lower, lower abdomen, my ass. That was the lower abdomen. Yeah. It was. Wow. Lower than the lower abdomen. That was the abdomen. Then he goes back to a headlock on Sean. Sean reverses it to a hammerlock again. Hart hits a spine buster, tries the sharpshooter, but Sean gets to the ropes. And Brett says, fuck you, and clotheslines him over. Sean super kicks Tony Chimmel out of his chair. What? As he was aiming for Brett, so an innocent bystander is now caught in the crossfire of this boyhood dream as Tony Chimmel is lights out. Brett puts Sean in a headlock when they return to the ring. Like I say, I'm not sure I understand Brett's psychology with the headlocks as his finisher is the sharpshooter, but okay. Tony Chimmel is stretchered out as he is dead. Sean drop kicks Brett and goes back to a hammerlock, then to an armbar. Armbar gets some near falls as Brett's shoulders are on the mat. Earl's doing his job here. Sean works an armbar into a hammerlock, then Brett works out of it by backing Sean into the corner and elbowing, like throwing straight MMA elbows, like to Sean's skull. Then Sean tosses Brett's shoulder first into the post, a move that WWE loves today. Everyone goes shoulder first in the post. Sean hits a shoulder breaker on Brett which was pretty cool because I don't think of Sean as like a really strong guy, but to see him just hoist Bret Hart for the shoulder breaker was quite impressive. Then he hits an axe handle smash off the second rope. A hammerlock slam. He puts Bret in a hammerlock and then body slams him, which was unique. Michaels then rams Bret Hart into the turnbuckle posts while maintaining his hammerlock. You're not getting out of this one, buddy. Nope. Bret fires up on Michaels with some strikes, and Michaels... Hits like a hammerlock DDT, almost like a um, flatliner, to Bret Hart. 
and keeps working on the shoulder of Bret Hart. He wants to rip Bret Hart's shoulder out of his body. Vince says, Bret will never say I quit. Lawler says, Bret's mom should have said I quit before he was born. Yep. Bret hits a second rope stun gun to Shawn Michaels, catapults him into the turnbuckle for a near fall. Michaels slams Hart head first into the turnbuckle and misses a stinger splash. Then Hart kicks Michaels as he was laid over the top of the ropes. Michaels' selling of these kicks was hilarious. Like, So he stretched out over the turnbuckle. And Hart kicks him, and he, Michael he's launching, somehow lifts. He's, he's launching himself. It's amazing that he could launch himself like three feet into the air from nothing. Off of each kick. Yeah, off a kick. He somehow... These were powerful kicks. Yeah. He was kicking him back to the roof of the Arrowhead Pond here. He was trying to get in the zip line again. He was, <laughs> he was helping him... That would have been a good way to... to Brett, psychology here, get a count out win, hook him to the zip line, give him a shove, send him back up there. It'll take him a minute to figure it out. And then get in the ring and get a count out win. These guys didn't want to take count out wins, though, as we'd find out. So atomic drop and a clothesline for a near fall on Shawn Michaels. Hart hits a running bulldog, which looked great. Hart tries to climb to the top turnbuckle. Brett, you know better. You don't go up there. He does, and Sean and Brett sort of fuck up here. The one botch of the match is they sort of tumble to the mat with Earl taking Brett's knee to the head. Ouch. And Brett actually walks over to Earl and apologizes for clocking him in the head with his knee. Sean hits a power slam to Brett for a two count. Brett hits a beautiful pile driver on Sean, but Sean is not going to give up. He kicks out at two. Brett goes upstairs again. Again, why are you doing this, Brett? We know you. You don't go to the third rope. And he gets thrown off like Ric Flair. Sean hits a Hurricane Rana into full mount punches on Bret Hart. Sean hits a backbreaker on Bret for a two count. Sean wants a super kick, but Bret rolls out of the ring. Smart guy. Only to walk right into a leaping Sean Michaels who had gotten on the top turnbuckle and like spears him basically off this top turnbuckle. It's beautiful. Cross body, yeah. Michaels, though, will not take a count out win. He doesn't want to win that way. He's right there in front of Stu and Helen Hart. Just for, add insult to injury. So Michaels rolls in the ring and rolls back out to break the 10 count. Michaels hits a top turnbuckle crossbody on Brett when he gets in the ring. But Brett rolls over and gets a quick cover that nearly gets a win or gets a score in this match. They fight for a backslide. Michaels flips out of it, then tries a small package on Hart. Then Sean hits the perfect plex on Bret Hart for a two-count. Shades of another WrestleMania match with Bret Hart. Then he locks on a sleeper, so it's steal everyone's finisher now, as we just had the sleeper man, Piper, in the ring. Bret tries a back suplex to break it up, but Sean flips out again and hurls Bret to the turnbuckle. He charges at him. Yes. Bret shoots him up over for a back body drop. Where's he going to go? He goes flying to the outside and nearly takes out a cameraman on over, his way down. Over the turnbuckle, over the ring post, all the way to the concrete floor. Ouch. Smacks, flips all over on his shoulder, and just lands laying there on his stomach. And that had to hurt like hell. Sean and cameraman do not get along as he almost takes out a cameraman. Brett, of course... Dummy won't take a 10-count win here, so he breaks up the 10-count. Brings Sean back into the ring. Brett hits a second rope elbow to Sean's injured back. Brett hits a backbreaker then. Then he hits a super back suplex to Sean that gets a two-count. He goes back to that chin lock on Sean. Sean tries a sunset flip, gets a two-count. Sean tries an axe handle smash off the second rope, but gets punched in the gut, then Russian leg sweeped by 
Brett. Sean gets whipped to the turnbuckle again and goes flying over again and accidentally hits his own mentor, Jose Lothario, on the way down. Yep. Then Brett wrestles more like a heel again as he throws Sean into the steps and poor Jose gets hit by Sean, who was flying into the steps. For a second time, Jose goes down and he gets slapped into the guardrail. Yes. Lawler comes alive because he likes Bret Hart wrestling this way. Vlad the Superfan is shown behind Jose, by the way. Brett belly to belly Sean for a two count. Sean reverses a vertical suplex attempt and rolls up Hart for a two count. Brett hits the world's slowest suicide dive through the middle rope to Sean, who was on the outside. And Brett tries to suplex Sean back into the ring. Sean pops out of it, but Brett reverses it and hits a German suplex with a bridge and only gets a two count. The two then have given up and start brawling in the center of the ring. And Brett says, you're going back to that chin lock, motherfucker. (laughs) And so he locks in the chin lock. But Michaels works his way to his feet and elbows out. They clothesline each other simultaneously. So both men are down. They beat the count. Brett superplexes Sean. Sean blocks the sharpshooter attempt. So Brett instead locks on a half crab. But Sean makes it to the ropes. Brett hits another backbreaker. Tries his second rope elbow but gets a boot from Michaels. Sean drop kicks Brett into the corner, hits a running elbow, then slings Brett sternum first into the other corner. Sean hits a flying forearm, and the camera misses Sean kipping up. A sin in wrestling. <laughs> Body slam to Brett Hart, axe handle smash. Sean hits his signature elbow drop from the turnbuckle. That only gets a two count. Sean hits a gut wrench sit-out power bomb to Brett Hart, which was phenomenal. Then he hits a moonsault to a standing Bret Hart that gets a two count. Then Sean hits a second rope Hurricane Rana with a pinning attempt that only gets a two count as Sean is working his ass off here. With one minute left on the clock, the crowd starts cheering as Michaels climbs the turnbuckle again. One more shot at this. This time, though, Brett is ready and waiting for him. Sean comes off for a drop kick. Brett takes his legs. He back bumps. Brett's got both legs, hooks in the sharpshooter, rolls him over. With 30 seconds on the clock, surely he can't survive this. He is counting it down to 20 seconds. And the crowd is going nuts. We're down to 10, 9, Uh 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Ding, ding, ding. Your winner. Time runs out. And Bret Hart is your winner. Your winner. It was a draw. It, he didn't have to beat me. I'm the champ. He, you know, champion's advantage. Yeah, your winner. Your winner's Bret the Man Hart. And the crowd popped. They liked it. Yeah, a lot of them. I'd say mostly these guys were Bret Hart fans, and they were like, "Okay, that's fine." It was a face versus face matchup, so they would have been happy either way. So they were actually satisfied with this. And so. But Brett, instead of celebrating, Gorilla. he just grabs his belt and he's like, well, "I'm going to lie. I'm going to shower." I'm Hell, going. he's tired, you know. <laughs> Shit, he just wrestled a fucking hour. Yeah, Piper's got the Bronco running. He's ready. We're ready to go home. Exactly. Fly back to Canada. Exactly. So, now, asshole Gorilla Monsoon. Gorilla Monsoon who must have studied Jack Tunney <laughs> for all those years and being a shitty commissioner. Comes into the ring and turns heel. There must be a winner. So this match has been ordered to continue under sudden death rules. Or a normal match because every match is (laughs) sudden death. Yes. So Fink announces this. I'm kind of sad that Gorilla didn't get to say it, but Fink announces this. Brett storms back. So yeah, Brett stomps back. 
He says, okay, fine, fuck. Drops the belt at, on the floor at the uh, as he's getting ready to enter the ring. He comes into the ring in a very eerie scene here. It looked a lot like Survivor Series 97 as Brett is in the ring and Gorilla's down on the floor and Brett goes over the ropes and gives Gorilla a piece of his mind yeah. for what he thinks uh, yeah. happened. Yeah. And so it's crazy that this scene would replay. And he looks little... he, he looks over at uh at at the timekeeper, ring the bell to restart the match. Despite despite Sean not being on his feet, Patrick, I had a little bit of a problem with this. Sean was still on his knees. And then Brett, Brett doesn't give the order to ring the bell. You know, the wrestler shouldn't get the referee is the only one calls for the bell. But Brett called for it, so Brett broke some rules here. He did. Okay, now Patrick, theoretically, okay. Now, I'm with you. Is this a new match? This is now a one-on-one. Are we operating under new rules now? Are we operating under new rules? Are we operating on a typical singles match rules here? Yes. If we're operating under typical singles match rules now. Sean needs to be on his feet before the bell rings. Well, that that's, yeah, again. Yeah. But can Brett just grab a chair, whack Sean with it? Sean wins DQ. The belt can't change hands on a DQ. Brett walks out with the belt. Yes. But, see, I'm afraid they could say that this is still in the rules of the Iron Man match where that counts as a Well, as they a did one. say overtime. So, this does follow under it it falls under that. See, thing. I would take my chances and I just whack him with a chair. If you're the world champ, you're not taking that chance. Uh, that's true. Andy's a face, so. Brett rings the bell. Brett calls for the bell. Bell rings, ding ding, and he destroys Sean's back. He, he is obsessed with this man's back. Throws punches, head button his lower back. I mean, he is he's setting him back up to put him back in the sharpshooter. Yeah, back body drop to Sean, followed by a backbreaker. Brett's got one of the best backbreakers ever in pro wrestling. Oh, I agree. Heart whip Sean to the ropes, but Sean leapfrogs Hart. Hart hits Hart hit sternum first into the turnbuckle, turns around. Bam! Sweet chin music out of nowhere. Both men are down. We're counting for a double count. One, two. You see Brett moving before yeah, Sean. Hart nearly beats Sean to his feet, which I thought was weird. And Brett's moving. It took him about three tries to get up, but he finally gets up. All of a sudden, as they're getting to their feet at the same time, miraculously, Sean is in the corner and tuning up the band. <laughs> it's amazing, and Brett wanders into the center of the ring. He tunes up the band. Very light tuning of the band. Too, by very the way. lighting, but out of nowhere, as they're getting to their feet, he hits, super kick, Brett falls, Sean falls on top of him. One, two, three. The boyhood dream has come true for Sean Michaels. The boyhood dream has come true for Shawn Michaels. At this point in time, Shawn looks at Earl and says, tell them to get the fuck out of my ring. This is my moment. This is my moment. Well, actually, I think it happens when... I think oh, I think what Brett wanted to do here at the end was do the respect spot. Hand in the belt and walk. A handshake, yeah, or something. So Brett walks in front of Shawn, and that's when Shawn, I think, says it to Brett. And then that piss Brett off so fucking bad you could tell how angry this man well, no, was no he told he told Earl because Earl he told Earl cuz Earl goes Earl goes over to to uh Jose Lothario and says hey he wants a moment in the ring by himself you know get back out so Jose gets back out he goes and tells Brett Brett who's wanting to do the the respect Handshake, spot yeah. yeah gets fucking pissed off mouths to Sean 
as he's walking out, and he just storms to the back, which I would be pissed off too. Yeah, get the fuck out of the ring. This is my moment. And yes, as Brett is walking to the back, he like rips down his singlet. Like you could tell, this dude was fucking livid. He was. He was mad because, well, in his defense, like the way Hogan fucked him over at WrestleMania Nine, like he understands the passing of the torch. Like this is always Bret Hart's thing. Is like. Hogan would never pass the torch. This is what Brett wanted to be passing the torch, handshake, the respect thing. He wanted that moment. Yeah. And then Sean could do his seven minute celebration, you know? Yeah. Shawn Michaels would not even give him that luxury. And I just think, I think both men are in the wrong, sort of, because, yeah, in some ways, yeah, this is sort of Sean's moment. So Brett shouldn't have wanted that. He shouldn't have hogged in on it. It's the way you would, you're putting it. Right. Don't hog, but at the same time. Don't hog in the moment, but also Sean shouldn't have said, hey, it's my moment. Get the fuck out. But you also, know? at the same time, Brett did the job for Sean, and so Sean should be grateful because someone like Hogan would have said, I'm not putting I'm him not, on. Yeah. Fuck that. Because, I mean, Sean had already said, I'm going to work all my friends. I'm going to work Diesel and Razor and all the – and Sean Waltman. I'm going to work all those guys. You know, like, he'd already basically sworn off. Anybody else. Any of the, any of Brett's friends, you know, that were in the company. And meanwhile, Brett was going to go do Lonesome Dove, so he would be disappearing for a while. So, uh, yes, when you lose an Iron Man match, you get to go do CBS television. So there you go. Pyro goes off for Sean. Massive amount of pyro. His theme song must have looped 50 times here. I, I think it did. Now, once again, Shawn Michaels. Cunt Shawn Michaels of the 90s. Like, I I love his in-ring performance, but he could be a dick. He could be a real dick here. So He, he asks for... He Earl, wants the belt around his waist. Earl Hepner to put it so on his waist. So he could get the moment of him lifting his arms with the belt around like a champion boxer. Yeah. Now, Earl had some struggles with this. Belt. Well, here's the problem: the belt was not made for a little man. A little man, so he only had like four buttons to work with to make this thing actually hold uh, around Sean's waist. As he's working with it, Sean gets impatient, turns around, says "forget about it," and shoves <laughs> Earl Hepner. Gee, thanks. Now, if I'm Earl, <laughs> uh oh, you're going into business for yourself. I'm going into business for. <laughs> Listen, you that motherfucker. Been awesome. <laughs> I just counted the three count for you to hold this damn title. You need to shut the fuck up and have some patience. In if that's you want a me to WrestleMania put it on fucking it. moment. Is, <laughs> imagine at the end of WrestleMania tonight when Roman Reigns is victorious. You know, Mike Chioda just fucking decks him. You know, like I just that would be pretty shocking. I mean, the only person that could get away with that would be Earl Hetner, though. <laughs> like seriously, that would be what an asshole Shawn Michaels was tonight. By the way. And then Sean, the ultimate disrespect here. Well, he shows some respect. He goes to the Hart family section, shakes hands with Freddie Blassie, shakes hands with Stu, shakes hands with some of Brett's other kids, but Blade, Blade, who is the biggest Shawn Michaels fan, Brett used to always say, oh, man, my son, I hate it because my son's favorite wrestler is Shawn Michaels. Yeah. He does not shake Blade's hands. I know. The guy that was – Blade was singing Sexy Boy – as it was playing, and he totally, no, you're not getting What a dick this Shawn Michaels is. So like, anybody who wants to say that these, this wasn't a real feud, that these two didn't hate each other, is full of shit. These two hated each other to the core. Well, and this was in the 
the start preliminary of it. stages. Yeah. yeah, it would only get worse from here. Like I said about this Iron Man match, I do not like the first thirty minutes of it. Once you get past, and some you could even say maybe just the first twenty minutes of it, but after that, it's an amazing match. I see. Um, I, I love this match. I understand the need for rest holds. You're going an hour, even though a few weeks ago Seth Rollins went over an hour and didn't put on all these rest holds. Da, da, but okay. he's a different kind of athlete. Athletes of today are different than these guys were. I'm sorry, yeah. they're just genetically. Athletes have gotten so much cardio, uh, all the cross, tra- all the CrossFit training and stuff. These guys are so much more athletic today, and it's just a different. It's just it's. I didn't like the psychology that they were using. Hart kept going for these chin locks, even though his finisher has to do with legs and back. So what, I, what he what he was wanting to do, and I'll explain this. What he was wanting to do was cut off the circulation to his brain to basically make him stupid. Well, no, to wear him out, to make him have to gasp for air, to make him have to, it's going to wear him out more. You work the neck and the head, that's your, I mean, the rest of the body's going to be like, well, what the hell? Because your head, realistically, well, it controls you grab somebody, you grab somebody by the head of hair, they can fight you all they want, but you have control of them. So that's the, that's the best way of doing that. I didn't like that. And I didn't like Sean going after Brett's shoulder. But I guess if you're wanting to keep, if you want to keep someone's shoulders on the mat for three seconds, beat the shit out of their shoulders. I guess they can't raise it then. <laughs> yeah, but I think it would have been better had Sean been working the neck and head of Brett because his finisher is a kick to the head. Yeah. So I want to soften that up, and I think that they had they had their rest holds made more sense with, with their finisher or what they're working towards. I wouldn't have minded it as much because I understand, yeah, we got to go an hour. Like, as an adult, I understand. As a kid, I would have been bored. I, like I said, I rented this from Video Park. I was probably pretty bored the first part of this match. See, I'll, call me crazy, but at nine years old, I was still obsessed with this match. I loved it. From start to finish, it was outstanding. Only these two performers could have done it uh, in the company. Well, yeah, I'm not saying Vader and Yokozuna go out there and do it now. I would have loved to have seen that, actually. <laughs> I don't think Yokozuna had 30 minutes. Giant in Gonzalez and Yokozuna for an hour Iron Man match. <laughs> I understand the idea behind a 0 0 because they're so evenly matched. You know, they're both worthy champions or whatever. Like, you could have had a couple falls in there and still been tied. You know, maybe quick roll up kind of thing, fluky. Pins, not like uh, well that's why it was it was so important that first fall was really so important and as time ticked down it became even more important because yeah but even if it was one one it's still important I, I, it doesn't lessen the importance of that first fall is very important towards the end of the match, match because i if I if I pin you or I make you submit and it's the very first fall, you got to get two back to back to get ahead of me. You're playing catch up the rest of the match. Yeah, and I think there could have been more drama added to the match had somebody been down. So you're saying you're saying Brett gets three ahead of him and Sean? Oh no, not no. I'm just saying Brett gets three ahead of him and Sean has to Sean battles back. To get to a total of three. And it still ends in a tie. And it yeah. still ends in a tie. That's what you're saying. Like, I don't know that I would have gone to three ahead, maybe. Maybe two. Maybe. 
Or maybe just one. Maybe if they just went one and one. Just off some weird, you know, like an inside cradle and then he gets inside cradle. Well, like, just that, something headlock, like that. that headlock Sean had that Brett rolled him over. Yeah, you know? something like that. I think I think it adds to the drama. Now this guy's down. Oh, my gosh. Like, even if he's only down for 10 seconds and then he gets a pinfall. Like, yeah. I just think the crowd would have – it would have woken them up a little bit, you know. Not like Matt Hardy, but they would have been woken for a second, you know, in those slow – Slow spots. They were alive towards the end of the match when it was when, I mean, just all the stuff Sean was doing. I mean, he really put in a lot of work, and Brett did too. I mean, they, yeah, this match showcases the capabilities of both men and how well they're able to think on their feet, how well they're able to. It just shows how great both men truly were. Yeah, especially Sean. I mean, I hate to say that he outperformed Brett, but he. Just he's able to do that high flying stuff too that that Brett can't do. I mean, and and then still Matt wrestled pretty well. I mean he he held his own against Brett when they when they had those Matt exchanges. Yeah. So a real showcase for Sean. This was sadly this was not a very well purchased pay per view as business was down. But the NWO's debut and WCW happening in the summer would change the business and things would pick back up as. WWF had to get some attitude. They needed an attitude adjustment from John Cena. They did. An so F-U. this pay-per-view overall, I think, is a very easy watch because there's only six matches, and uh, one of them is like just it's a fodder. Yeah. yeah, and uh, the Austin match is just a TV match. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior match is a squash match. The first six, the six man, man is, is a good is good. The six man in the main event, I D- would highly recommend. Diesel Taker, I would I enjoyed. It's okay. It, it's not Taker's best work, but he's working with Kevin Nash, so you're I, forgiven. I okay. So overall, I'm gonna do this one a little different. Overall, where do you rate this WrestleMania? Out of 33 that we've seen so far, we'll do it a little different. But overall, where do you rate this? We're gonna do two ratings. I would say this is. I hate to be that guy, but I'm going to put it sort of middle of the pack. I'm going to put it really? around. I'm going to put it around 15 overall. Really? Yes, I think there were. Dude, I'm putting this with easily within the top three. Top three? Top oh, three. you're out of your mind. No, because this is from start to finish, action-packed, entertaining, and I mean, I can name three better ones. WrestleMania 10 is better. Oh, hell no. WrestleMania 10 is not better than this. It had two of the most awesome matches ever on it. That ladder match and Owen and Brett. Okay, fair enough. But the rest of it was shit. Savage and Crush in a last man standing match? Come on. Okay, yeah, but this had a backlot brawl match. I mean, they all have that kind of stuff. The backlot brawl is entertaining as hell. I think WrestleMania 10 is better. I think WrestleMania... 20 is better. It's hard to watch now. I see. I don't think it's. I don't think 20 is better. I think you got 19 is real. Well, X7. I mean, I've okay. So, top five. Fair enough. X7. Uh, X7 has to be WrestleMania 3. WrestleMania 3 is important, but outside of those two matches, you don't think it's entertaining? It's long. (laughs) It is long. It is long. And we'll find out here in a month or two how long it really is. Well, we're about to sit through seven hours of WrestleMania, so why um, am I complaining? Anyway, uh, 
Okay, I I can go. I'll go as high as top ten. I'll go as high as top. For me, I got top five. I'll go. I'll go top five. Um, Considering this Iron Man match, this Iron Man match, (laughs) yeah, Earl. It's uh, I consider it literally up there as arguably it's not but it's always going to be in the discussion as one of the greatest wrestlemania matches of all time well brett thinks it's his crowning masterpiece brett is very high on this match sean does too uh, when i think of and this is no bullshit here okay when you think of sean and brett rivalry okay well this is their biggest match you think of like montreal and all that shit but really and truly you think of this match I mean, this this match where it started the rivalry actually culminates the rivalry as to how how well rounded both men truly are far, above the rest above of the, above the rest of the roster. I mean, the highest of highs that others were att- were trying to attain. And to even be. against the WCW roster, I would say they're still they're leaps and bounds above those guys. Yeah, yeah. At this time, yeah. It's a snapshot of yeah the the two best in the business at this, at this, this very is, moment. This yeah. is Ali and Tyson. This is Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds. Okay, it's Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron, of course. Oh shit. Okay. Anyway, Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron. This is on our rating scale. Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez. Where do you place WrestleMania twelve? Giant Gonzalez. Wow. Top of the food chain. I'm going to give this one a Yokozuna. Yoko. It's a very big man, though. It is a very big man. Are we going height or width? Well. Are we going just both or just mass? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, the rating system has never made much sense. Okay. It's my pick now. It is. And I want to watch something short because, uh, yeah. So we will go back five years ago to Raw. We'll go back to... April 8th, 2013. Five years ago, the Raw, the night after, that one man, Dolph Ziggler, had his most biggest moment over one of your favorite wrestlers, Alberto Del Rio. Dear God. Please tell me there's something better on this Raw except that. There's other stuff. Okay. So we'll go back a whole five years, way retro. We are. Um, After next week, we will be off for a week because I'm going out of town. So. Well, that'll do it for this week. You can find us at RetroWrestlingPodcast.com. Patrick Young or Patrick Young Wrestling on Facebook search engine. Or you can always hit us up at the Retro Wrestling Podcast Facebook page. I check it. Alex checks it a lot more than I do. But he will definitely, if, if he sees it first, direct you to me personally. He will be glad to. Um, I'm always here to answer any and all wrestling questions, anything you want to know, any behind the scenes, anything you just want to talk about giving you any type of insight that i can so that'll do it for this week i'm intern alex i'm the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history patrick young saying as always my closing line's a clothesline and enjoy your seven hours of wrestlemania bingo bango it's wrestlemania sunday how are the tensions or lack thereof relationship between the two of you going into the Iron Man match. Yeah, no, I, I mean, and there really wasn't going into the match, you know, that much. I mean, I think you know, we're both you know, all the stuff that we're talking about was the, very subtle. I was yeah. gonna say they, they were seeds at that time, so nothing was real. You know, there wasn't real. I mean, we were we were more generally excited about getting to do this marathon match first time. You know, two guys that we thought 
you know, could deliver. We knew it was a big chance in the minds of management. Yeah, we got together that morning. You know, everything was fine with me and Sean. I really were, I think I, I was ready to move on, go home for a little while. I was looking forward to the first break I'd had, I think, in my career, in my life of going home. And uh, I wasn't too worried about anything, even though the TV show had been canceled by this point and that wasn't going to happen. I have always loved the fact that Sean and I sat down for just a few minutes and I think we kind of put the match together in parcels, like one part, another part, another part, and kind of threw different ideas around. But uh, it was an absolute masterpiece, and I, I don't know if I ever had that kind of match with anyone else in the sense that it was so perfectly done the way we talked about. I mean, move for move for move was like one after another. Everything that we talked about, and there was no flubs or mess-ups, and. I remember there was a certain point, I know I had to look up and um, we were going to go into the last five minutes of the match. And it had to be five minutes of the match. And I remember climbing up on the second rope and looking up at the clock and it's like, you know, four minutes and 59 seconds. And I'm going, I can't believe it. We've, we've done everything exactly the way we've planned it out. I don't know of any two professional wrestlers that could have ever done that so well. I mean, we almost, it was a, an amazing accomplishment to piece all that together in just a few hours and, and then perform it that night without any glitches. But I, I mean, I walked away that night with great respect for Sean. I mean, I thought it was the greatest match I ever had. I was really proud of him. I was really happy for him. I was happy for the company, happy for the business, and I was free. I went home and um, Sean called me the next day and thanked me for the match. And uh, didn't, you, didn't you leave uh, that, the arena abruptly that night? Yeah, but that was uh, that was all part of the storyline. You know, I remember my brother. And that's Owen. one of the things people didn't. You know, people because and that was you know again there wasn't a lot of friction between us. And, and one, a lot of it was being drummed up already that there was. I think and, between and really the wrestlers. Wasn't. But uh, I mean, there are a couple things that that happened in the match that just you know that that, that just happened. You know, I mean that that weren't that weren't conscious. I mean, like, like you know, the finish. I mean, we wanted it to go an hour and then have to go into overtime. You know, because our psychology was, you know, that now there's got to be a winner. I mean, Monsoon had said that there's got to be a winner, but so many people were like, oh, he didn't want to do it. That's why they did the overtime. You know, or this. And it's like, holy cow, they came up with their own storylines that were never even there. We wanted to go through. We wanted it to have to be sudden death because that was sort of the points. Like you can do an hour. There aren't going to be any falls, you know. People read so much into that, and then at the end of the match, you know, Earl's trying to put the belt on me. He can't get, can't get a snap, can't get a snap. I said, oh, never mind, you know. What I mean, and I don't even know. I mean, I, I've had people tell me like I said something to him or what, but, but you know, the, the no handshake and you know that I, I said something like get out of the ring or whatever. But all of that was st stuff that Brett. And I, I mean, that was the thing though. He wasn't going to shake my hand and. And he was getting out of there. I mean, a lot of that was all stuff that we had talked about, but people read into so, so, uh, multitudes uh, of it. You, you basically set the stage for a return if and when you wanted it to happen. Uh, attitudinal, young, brass champion, the established incumbent, you know. Were, were you cool with the way the match ended and the way that you exited the ring? Because there's always this, this tale of, uh, you know, Sean allegedly saying, uh, Tell Brett to get the hell out of here. He's stealing my spotlight or something to that effect. Um, 
Well, I mean, I can only say I, I mean, I pretty, pretty, pretty much remember him telling me to get the hell, tell him to get the hell out of the ring. I think is what what uh, Sean was talking to Earl to tell me to get the hell out of the ring so he could celebrate it. At least that's the way I the way I looked at it. I think it's on the on the video. But uh, I was set to walk out the way I did, all mad, and you know, I never had any problem with any of that, really. I mean, I, I understood that. Uh, Sometimes those things are said more for, for speed-wise. Like you got to say something quick; it might not come out. Like you know, tell me to get out of here. It's not that you're being rude. It's just it's something that's. I mean, I, that's 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 another one of those things. I mean, I'll have to, you know, I'll do the whole, you know, I'll take responsibility for that. I mean, I, but I mean, again, that's something I can look at you. But go, that never that never was anything that triggered that. triggered anything in but, me. Like where I was like so mad about that. I never I never had any. I was happy. I was if anything thrilled with the match. It went as good. Well, as you know, it. the next day at television. You know, the word was, you know, boy, we, we got our hands full here because Sean's a champion. 